That could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone. And you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, January 24th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in soggy, rainy, drenched Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, if you're looking for a competitive advantage in today's data-driven world, look no further than getting your master's in business analytics from the University of Louisville, which you can do in just 12 months, there's no previous coding experience required. Delve into the world of analytics and data visualization, learning essential tools like R, Python, Power BI, machine learning, and more. Now available both online and in person. To get started or learn more, visit business.louisville.edu today. We're on the air from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the United States of America and far, far beyond. You know, it's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with you on a Wednesday, post-game Wednesday, as we react to Louisville's latest, hey, they played hard, but lost uh, to Duke last night. We've got that to talk about. We have a U of a football schedule to get to, to look at. I may just go ahead and read the whole football schedule. I said I had it yesterday. We're going to get it in two hours anyway. I think it started to leak other places. We may just read the whole schedule. Why not? It's a nice little distraction from basketball talk, which I'm sure will be uh, a whole bunch of regurgitated stuff that we've heard time and time again. That's fine. You guys get your thoughts in. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll let you speak your piece. We always do. Via the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. With me behind the cement wall today, producing the absolute hell out of the show, is Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, the hardest working man in the Big X family of networks. Scoots, how are you on this uh, gross, gross Wednesday? Gross, gross Wednesday is right. Too much rain. What? How are you going to get like freezing temperatures a week and then a whole week of rain? I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm ready for spring. That's what I've realized today. I'm ready for spring. I'm ready to golf. I'm frustrated that I can't golf right now. I'm ready for spring as well. I mean, it's going to be 60 degrees this week and we can't even golf. I mean, I barely got here on time again today, and I left like 20 minutes earlier today. Like, I, I live traffic again. Yes, like I, I, it has to just be the rain. Because I live like six, seven minutes away mm-hmm. from here, and it's uh, you know the only hard part about getting here is Breckenridge Lane. You have those those several lights there, and if and you hit one, you're hitting them all. If you hit one, they hit. And, and like the last two days, my wife said the same thing. She was going uh, before I got home yesterday. She was going out to to run an errand, and like it's just bad. It, it took like 20 minutes to get onto the Waterson from where we live in Breckenridge, which is like a stone's throw away. And I guess it's just the rain. They're also putting that new Chick Fil A. There's a new Chick Fil A going where that old old Charlie's used to be, and 
if this is any indication of how the traffic's going to be once that thing gets in there, because Chick-fil-A is always hopping. Doesn't no matter where it is, like you've got lines out the wazoo. Like Breckenridge Lane's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be like just like Shelbyville Road, and I'm already dreading it. But yeah, it took me forever to get here. Uh, I thought I was in good shape, left way early, but uh, no, just just barely, barely scraping by. The rain is not ideal. I did listen to the beginning of KRC today, and you did reveal that you you don't like driving in the rain. Yeah, I'm not a big rain driver. And TJ and and Roush were like, hmm, yeah. you know, I, I we also don't like driving in the rain. This is a crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm into I'm into, I'm into hit him with a suck it. It was very funny. I, I enjoyed the back and forth. That was good. Also, I loved Roush casually revealing without realizing what he was doing that his wife is pregnant with their third child that was very very funny he told me last week sometime i guess i asked him in passing like y'all gonna have more and he was like yeah we got one bacon now and i was like oh cool when are you gonna tell the audience and i don't even know if he meant to do it today i think it just kind of came out i was so worried about doing something similar when we first got pregnant with virginia like it was you know, we we waited a long time to tell people. You know, we were older. You, know, you, you stuff happens with with child. We wanted to be sure that like this was going to be. We, we were in good shape before we told anybody. And I was so worried that I was going to do exactly what Roush did. And then, like two months before we started telling people, I mean, maybe it was like a month before we started telling people. Like I accidentally let it slip to John Ramsey. When we were doing the radio show <laughs> together in the exact same way that Roush did, where I was like, you know, you know, Mary's, yeah, she she's. Yeah, you know, she, she's pregnant, so she's like, you know, she hasn't been wanting to eat this or eat that or something like that, very casual. And he was like, you realize this is the first time that you've told me that, that you are pregnant. And all I could think of was... And this was on air? No, no, this was oh, off okay. air. This was off okay. air. But I was very much... Like, I, I knew that keeping a secret is very hard for John. It's very, It was very much a like office situation where they don't want anybody at the wedding to know that Pam's pregnant and they're terrified that Michael's going to like just like, I was like I, I feel like I told the one guy who's going to like so for a full like month I was terrified that John was going to let it slip on air before we finally announced it but thankfully uh, we were we were able to control the narrative and, and we did not pull a Roush but congratulations to, to Roush and family third kid on the way another little Cardinal fan the, the UofL fan base just keeps growing stronger <laughs> with every Roush baby which is which is wonderful so I I'm happy to welcome the new Cardinal fan of the world. Are you insinuating that his wife has the power or that he's a closet U of L fan? He, Roush wrote about this like, like like two months ago that his son is like a U of L fan. That that he you know he chose to wear U of L stuff. He's cheering for U of L. Uh, his wife is clearly has the influence in the family. Like he he wrote a whole thing on KSR exposing himself as like, hey, I, the, my nightmares happened. My kid's a U of L fan, and Roush is a closet U of L fan anyway. So. It, 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 they're a family. It's going to be a family of five U of L fans pretty soon, and one fake UK fan. It's going to be great. Our numbers grow stronger each day with every Roush child born into this world. But congratulations to Nick uh, and his lovely wife and their whole family. That's awesome news. We, I mean, the whole Big X just just fertile myrtles all over the place here. Every, everyone's just having babies all across the Not radio with me. station. Well, you, know, you never know. We never know. Won't be no fertile myrtle situation with me. You never know. I do know. It's 2024. It's the year of love. It's going to happen. Maybe in, like, December. Yeah. Outside of that, Scoots, you know, you had a a Tuesday night where, you know, you are an IU fan, but you're, <laughs> you're now covering double duty for a UK show and a UofL show, and both teams were playing at the same time. How did you juggle your schedule last night? Did you just, um, or did you just decide to sleep through both games? No, so I had – Gil's a Kentucky fan. So we, right. we had Kentucky on the big TV with the sound, and I had Louisville over off to the right in the smaller TV. So I was trying to keep up with both. I didn't really – I wasn't all that successful keeping up with the Louisville game other than score watching it's at fine. that point. So I had it recorded, and I actually watched it today after I got done with roll call. So Look at you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm caught up. I know everything that happened. I'm good to go. 
hardest working man in the business. You don't really have to do it. You didn't really have to do that. I told you it was going to happen. Yeah, you did. I mean, you damn near nailed the score. 84-69 was what I said. I was like, and I texted you at the end. I'm like, we we, we got a good shot at 84-69 here. Ended up being 83-69, just one point off. Uh, which that point, a very important point to certain people out there who no <laughs> I'm sure had some money on the game. The one thing that I missed on, and the one thing that I did bet on, was I, I, w- I went all in on the Kyle Filipowski over one and a half threes. Oh, me too. That was the only bet I made. I, so I, I bet that, and I bet Dayton, the, the Dayton bet that I gave out yesterday. The Dayton bet hit easily, which was nice. But Filipowski, I was like, all right. How does he not make one of those? I mean, I told you he was going to get a bunch of looks. Like, like you know, Three uh, of them were wide open. I mean, I, I, yeah. That was the thing. Is like he's gonna get no shortage of, of wide open attempts. It's just a matter of can he make two. And he wasn't a, he, like he wasn't hesitating to fire him up. I think he ended up going one of seven from three, maybe one of eight. One of six, I thought. Was it one of six? Yeah. Whatever it was, like he had plenty of opportunities. And every time I was like, Ugh! and then I was, Ugh. It, it, he, yeah. Tyrese Proctor was the guy that we should have highlighted. My goodness. I know he. It, it, who knows? Who, who knew he was gonna be the guy who had the gigantic green light? And we just let keep shooting. Jeremy Kane took a bunch of open threes as well. I think he only ended up making two. But uh, Proctor took 10, made four, and honestly his game wound up being the difference. You know, we, we talked yesterday about how this team is so bad defensively and so willing to let their opponents just kind of do whatever they want to on the perimeter that you just you have to hope for a bad shooting night. And they got a bad shooting night, by and large, by, by the Duke team. Proctor was the one exception. He was the one guy that was making the wide-open shots. He, he ends up going off for a career-high 24 points, goes 9 of 16 from the field, 4 of 10 from three. But Duke as a team, I mean, like like you said, they took a bunch of wide open threes last night. Only went nine of twenty five from beyond the arc. Um, you, you know, we didn't turn it over that much. Had ten turnovers. We didn't shoot it well ourselves, but that's kind of our game. And uh, you know, it's a very familiar storyline when it comes to what we're going to discuss about this Louisville men's basketball game. I think people are are tired of of hearing it. Mm-hmm. It's just it is what it is. Outside of that, though, before we get just we didn't get our crazy starting lineup. We didn't, but before we get ready, anything else happened in your world last night that we should know about? No, not really. I mean, I just watched those games, and then TJ does like a KRC post game. I hopped on that for a little bit and then so, went to bed. That's the Twitter thing, right? Yeah. I've noticed more and more people doing this. How is it just like a spaces thing? Like it's just it's sort of like an online show on that's hosted by Twitter. Basically, yeah. I, I mean, you can you can if you're a listener, you can request to speak, and whoever has control can admit you, and you can say your piece. Because now, cool. now I'm seeing like active radio shows that are just like broadcasting their show. I've seen those spaces. lately too. Yeah, we got the YouTube cameras coming next week, so that's what we hear. We can start doing some of this. Our stuff. guy was here today. He's he's still here, Trey. Oh, he's out there. Yeah, he's 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 holding court out there, doing his thing. We're making changes here. We're making strides, stepping into the 21st century. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, but the game itself last night, first and foremost, you're right. The starting lineup. I, I was I found myself being a little bit disappointed. You know, yeah, it seemed like it. As anger-inducing as it is to see Zan Payne start that game on Saturday against Wake Forest and play 17 minutes or whatever it was, when we got the the, the normal starting lineup, which had Curtis Williams in there uh, and the other four stars from Saturday's game, you're like, eh, it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Give me something that we can get angry about. Like, but, give me a little spice. But it was the lineup that should have been out it there was the all lineup, along, right? Yeah, but we, yeah, at this point, I'm like, well, you know, doing what we want you to do is not. It's not even fun. <laughs> like it's just like okay, this is the bare minimum. I'm not going to be enthusiastic about it. Give me something that we can that, that's more radio appropriate. There was a part of me that really wanted him to do the the secret message lineup with Hersey, Danilo, and and Zan in there, but that didn't happen. 
So we get we, we get the good starting lineup. What, what I think most fans wanted, and honestly, like Louisville did not put itself into a gigantic hole immediately, which has been the case in I think their three games prior to this. You know, they're playing from behind a little bit, but they're you know, I think they're only down by two at the at the under sixteen timeout, and then I think it's tied at the the under twelve timeout. So they're the starting lineup accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. You, you don't put yourself in a massive hole like you did against NC State that you just never get out of. Um, in fact, Louisville led for a decent chunk mm-hmm. of the you know, the game's first uh, for first eight minutes or so. Then Duke pulls away a little bit, but Duke but, but Louisville hangs tough for the most part. They're battling back, and then Duke has one of those runs where Louisville just doesn't play any defense, and the shots start falling on the other end. And Jeremy Roach gets it going. Tyrese Proctor gets it going. Uh, you know, we're fouling guys unnecessarily on drives, and, and all of a sudden Duke leads by 16. And you're like, well, here we go again. But Louisville in the second half does what we saw them do against Carolina. Saw what we what we saw them do uh, against NC State. Uh, did what they've done so many times this year. Not really against Wake Forest, but uh, in a lot of games the last couple of years, they battle back and, and they get it to five. They get it to five multiple times, and. The story of this team right now is the simplest thing in the world. I've been saying this for three or four weeks now. They're playing harder, which is great. They're doing good things on offense, which is great. The downhill attacking, doing that against a a, a Duke team that is not the most athletic team in the world. They're more athletic than you are, but they're not the most athletic team in the world. That was great. It was wonderful. None of it matters, though, because we just cannot defend. We don't know how to play defense. We, We don't know how to communicate. We don't know what we're supposed to do. And when that's the case, like you're just never going to beat a team of substance. And Duke is a team of substance unless they have an atrocious shooting night like Miami did. And and, and Duke is better than Miami. So, they, you know, Louisville could have given the same effort against Miami. They still probably lose this game. But Duke, because they were able to take advantage of the fact that Louisville just does not know how to defend. They were able to hold off the crowd, which got into it when when Louisville kept yeah, getting it down awesome. to five. It was it was like the the it NC State fun. game. To it felt degree. fun. It, it, I mean, it did, but like, I knowing what I've what I've seen from this team the last few weeks, like I there was never a moment where I'm like, we're gonna win this game, never, hmm. because we can't, we don't get stops every time you get it down to five, and it's like okay, we get it down to three with uh, with, with 15 minutes to go, and you're like, here we go, let's get it. Like they either miss a wide open shot, or we let them make a wide open shot, or we let them get a driving layup, or we foul them because we can't keep anybody in front of us. There's just never, there's never a belief, and there shouldn't be a belief by anybody watching this team that they're going to get the big stop when they need it. We, and it's not a coincidence. Like, like everyone's like, oh, of course, Proctor hits the big three to quiet the crowd right there. It's because we let him take a wide open three, a dude who was in a great rhythm. Like, yeah. Again, good shooters become great shooters in high-level college basketball when you leave them wide open, and we leave guys wide open all the time. So, like the fight again, the fight's great. We've made offensive strides. I do think that we're going to beat some of the worst teams in the ACC when we start playing them next month. But against the top of this conference, which is what we've been dealing with for the last two and a half weeks, you're just you're not going to beat these teams if you don't know how to defend any better. And we don't. We're not getting any better defensively. We're getting better on offense. Some of the, yeah, I think the culture stuff is starting to show a little bit. Like the guys are, they look like they're enjoying themselves a little bit more than they enjoyed themselves at this point last season when it looked like everybody was just ready to be done. But the defensive numbers right now are worse than they were a year ago. We're 245th in adjusted defensive efficiency in in, in the country. And every other metric, every other defensive metric, we are below 250. There are only 362 teams in Division I basketball. If you were a power conference program, 
and you're in the 200s in anything, it means you do it incredibly poorly. And we are two, below 250 in everything on defense. It's we're just we're not getting any better on that end of the floor. Now, some of those numbers I think will go up when we start to play the you know, the, the Georgia Techs and the Boston Colleges and the Notre Dames of the world coming up in a few weeks and they are teams that I feel like will just miss a ton of open shots if we leave them wide open. But a, a, against Duke, Wake Forest, Carolina, NC State, you know, Virginia coming in here this weekend who's really bad on the road but still a, a talented enough offensive team to expose you if you don't play better defense. These are the results you're going to get, and it's just it's it's not going to change. This season is going to be exactly what we said it was for the last basically since the calendar flipped to 2024. They're going to play hard enough. They're going to win four, five, six games in conference when they start playing the lesser opponents coming up next month. But they're not going to beat anybody of substance. They're going to be five and fifteen, six and fourteen. They're going to play on ACC tournament Tuesday. They probably won't be the 15 seed. I, I think there's a good chance that they're up there at like 13, 14, and, and you know Notre Dame or somebody else finishes below them, but. They're not going to do anything of – there's going to be nothing that says we've made gigantic strides forward as a program from start to finish, and there's going to be nothing to me that says that Kenny Payne warrants a third year on the job. That, But I'm sure it will be a discussion. Here we are. It's the same conversation every single game. Yep. Same conversation every single game. The Some of those defensive issues last night, though, came from the offensive rebounds that Duke was snagged. They had f- yeah. 15 of their 43 – were offensive rebounds. We didn't crash the glass. There was a whole lot of, you know, the transition defense remains a, you know, it's bad. There's not talking. Sometimes there's lack of effort. Sometimes guys are complaining about calls on the the other end. I think a lot of times we do let our offense dictate our defense. Like, we play hard on defense most of the time. We're just not very good at it. We, we just don't know what we're supposed to do. But there are times where when we stop scoring, we take a possession or two off defensively. And, and guys just, you know, they're not fighting over screens. They're not working to stay in front of men. They're just kind of standing there doing nothing. And then that's when we get lit up. We have one or two of those stretches every single game. And that winds up being the difference. And it's how, look, we, we lost uh, this whole, because some people want to talk about moral victories and, you know, another close but no cigar loss. We're supposed to lose that game by 14. We lost it by 14. <laughs> At what point did that start becoming a win for us? I mean, you got John Shire after the game. And he's saying, you know, Louisville makes things interesting. And that was the biggest compliment that he could give us. Imagine at any other point in our lives as Louisville men's basketball fans, the coach at Duke after a game where they beat us by 14 saying they make it, they make things interesting where we would be like, you know, good for these guys. <laughs> We're making games interesting. And I made that the little Photoshop graphic of our 2024 banner, made games interesting. Like it's never been the standard here. The fact that we—I know we have a lowered standard right now based on what has transpired, but still, even then, to just make games interesting and lose by 14 at home to anybody—I don't care if it's Duke, UNC, Kentucky, whoever—is it should not have anybody applauding this team today. I think we can applaud the effort at times. We can say like, "I love the playing hard." At some point, that's just not good enough. At some point, it has to be something more, and we haven't taken that step. We talk about steps forward that have been taken since. You know, we were losing to Arkansas State and losing to Chattanooga and, and all the disasters of the first month and a half of this year. And that's great. But at some point, you have to take the next step forward where it's like, hey, we're almost beating teams like Duke and North Carolina and NC State. Because the reality is, I, you know, Duke may have been rattled for a second or something. You know, they called some timeouts. They, we never really, really felt like we were a threat to win that game last night, at least in my eyes. Is, is that the ceiling for the team? Just getting everybody happy because they're playing hard? Probably. Honestly, if, if we're being real, yeah, no, I mean that's because I mean that's what I'm over here thinking is I don't know if 
this team has the capability to beat the Dukes, the North Carolinas, teams of that caliber. So, I mean, at this point, just take your wins, and heck, yeah, they played hard, looked good, made it fun. The other thing that I think is kind of frustrating about when, when John Shire gives his post-game press conference, and I, I think Steve Forbes said the same thing, like, they're all, like, they've got really good players. You know, you know like, like, John Shire's like, they've got good players. They, you know, they make things interesting. It's like, well, if we have good players and we're Louisville, we should be doing th- more than just making things interesting. We should be winning some of these games. We certainly should not be 6-13 and 13 and now 1-7 and seven in the ACC, which, by the way, does put us alone, back alone, in last place in the conference standings. Like, at some point, this just, it's simply not only not good enough, it's not close to being good enough. And that's where I am. Like, were there good things? Of course. Like, I, again, I, I like the fact that they smelled blood and they realized that, that they had an advantage. Some of their guards could just go right around Duke's guards at times and get to the basket. And, and as good as Kyle Filipowski is, he's not the most fleet of foot. And sometimes he's going to just foul because he can't move in front of guys. And so we started attacking them off the bounce. I thought Brandon Huntley Hatfield played very well on offense. And he was the one guy who was trying to at least rebound defensively. And, you know, he finished with what, uh, 20, 20, 20 and 11, 20 and 12? Yeah, he was very good last night. Mike James at times was very good. Scott Clark started the game off red hot. Yeah. Like, like he played he played well for the most part, hit some head scratching mistakes, but that comes kind of comes to the territory. Yeah, Our, the way he started, I was like, Mike nailed this. Yeah, I mean, he still finished with 13 points. Yeah. He, he, had, uh, he had four assists, did have the three turnovers, which. Was bad. He has, he, has, he's right up there when it comes to the guys who have the most defensive lapses too. Where he's just kind of, you know, not in a good stance and just gets blown by, and that happens far too often. The freshman I thought played pretty fearlessly. I'll say this too about the Zan Payne thing. If Kenny Payne would have just played Zan Payne against Wake Forest the way that he played him last night, like nobody would have had a problem with it. I think the fan base sometimes gets upset when they see Zan coming to, to close games. But you can kind of get it now at this point. We are very shorthanded, especially in the front court, which I think Zan's technically listed as a guard, but he's you know, he's 6'5". He's a bigger boy. He can help you out on the boards a little bit. He's playing kind of that three spot when he comes in. If he had just played like three or four minutes against Wake Forest, nobody would have cared. It's the fact that he started and played 17 minutes and did nothing, and, and they played him again to start the second half that I think had people sort of up in arms I mean, last night, Zan comes in. He almost made a three, which yeah, I was ready to go nuts. I was ready to take my shirt off uh, at home. And then he gets on the floor, gets a steal, makes a big play there, and the crowd goes nuts. They reward the effort level. Like, that's like we're fine with that. Like, that How's like, he put up so many more stats last night in three minutes than he did in 17? I told night. you he was going to record a stat last night. He was hell-bent on, on getting his name into that scorer's book, and he did. Took a shot, uh, had two rebounds, had one steal all over the place last night. No the, turnovers. The Zan uh, – the. The the the, the is is here. He, he's 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 rising like a phoenix, and everyone's excited. He's he's leading this team by example. But I I, I kind of wanted him to take the second three. Like he almost made the first one, and then the second one they just leave him wide open. And I was like, just take it again. Who cares? Like you know, <laughs> this is your moment, Zan. We started you last game. Clearly, we're not a serious program right now. Just go for it. I mean, I I feel as confident with Zan Payne shooting threes as I do with like you know probably three of the guys on the court with him at any given time when he's out there. So. I was all for it. I thought he, I, I liked the effort level. It was good that he got rewarded for that. It was cool to see him get that ovation from the home crowd, and everybody else was, you know, offensively, everybody else was 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 pretty much okay. Defensively, we just Trey White can't. I I like again. I don't hate Trey White as much as I think a lot of people do, but my the, the kid can't play defense. He can't. When we in this system, when we're going to play this straight man on ninety five percent of possessions, 
he can't guard good players. And he was the guy who was most matched up with Tyrese Proctor, and Tyrese Proctor feasted on him. Hmm. Just They went right at him every single time. And it was very obvious, and we did nothing to change things up. We did nothing to stop it, and we allowed Proctor to score a career-high 24 points. And, like, White, you know, USC, they play a ton of zone. Like, 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 he was able to kind of hide, I think, some of those deficiencies last year, and he had better athletes around him, and and it was more of a system defense. And and here, like, we, we still can't really figure out exactly what the system is defensively outside of just, like, guard your man, and he's not great. when it, And he's not alone. Like, like, Sky Clark has not been great defensively either. Uh, all the freshmen have a long ways to go defensively. Uh, I think Brandon Huntley Hatfield does the best he can without significant help coming from from any weak side because we don't know how to double effectively. We also don't know when to help and when not to help. But I think he holds his own for the most part inside. He's done a good job on some of the best guys in the ACC in, in, in the post recently, uh, and last night included. Kyle Filipowski got a couple of big buckets, but you hold that guy to 6 of 16 and you feel like you've got a shot. And we we, we had a shot. We, we just never never really fired. So here we are again. It's Groundhog Day once again, talking about you know they're supposed to lose by fourteen. They lost by fourteen. What do we do with that? Uh, I I don't know. It, it just feels like the latest chapter. They and, did what they were supposed to. Woohoo! Yeah, we did our job. <laughs> there we go. I, I guess I have more to say about this. We can also talk about the football schedule coming up after the break. That'll be a nice little diversion. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Wednesday on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Back in rainy Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961 The Big X as we continue to uh, react to last night's uh, 83-69 loss to Duke. We've also got uh, football stuff to get to today. We've got uh, you know, all sorts of stuff going on. Scooter Dingus is here, aka Justin Kalen. Uh, Scoot, we did not talk about, have not mentioned the fact, maybe cushioning the blow of last night's loss. You know, some teams lose to ranked teams by 14 points. Other teams lose to unranked teams by 17 points. That's I don't. True. I don't know who's better. I don't know what's going on. I don't think that mic's working. No. Maybe try this one. See if that works. No? Yeah, I don't know. Not on any mic. All right, hang on. Uh, my my ill-fated shot at a Kentucky slam session goes goes awry there. Uh, we'll try to get the mics fixed. We, we, we'll work on some stuff behind the scenes. We, we're getting some new blood in here. We're working on things. It's going to be fine. We're going to be okay. It, it's all going to work out. Scoots is back now. We're going to see if this is going to... This this, mic. There, we, there go. we go. Hey, I hear you. Okay. I, I can hear you. It's it's a, there you go. It's, it's okay. We don't. We, we the door can stay open. We don't care. I don't care who hears. There's people all over the place today. It's fine. Well, now your mic's not working again either. What? Now it's not working. No. no. Try plugging hey, it. In. Hey, oh, hey, plugging hey. it in helps. Hey, oh, there, there we, we go. go. All right. We, this this mic's been having some issues lately. So all the mics have been having some issues. Up. It's. I think it just went out again. What the? Heck? There we go. Now it's back. Okay. Now, now we're good. I did want to get a sense of, because I, I only heard the beginning of Kentucky Roll Call this morning, where Nick Roush uh, dropped the ball and said that he was pregnant. Yep. I, well, not he's pregnant, but the, the, the fam's pregnant. They're pregnant. What was their reaction to just kind of getting their ass beat last night by South Carolina? 
Um, you know, that's it's it's tough to say because they were they didn't want to act like the world was burning down. Understandable. Um, so they, 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 it was it was kind of like they just tiptoed around it. You know, like a bad game. You're not gonna. It doesn't matter about the defense because your offense couldn't score. That type of situation. I didn't see any of it, obviously, because Louisville was playing at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. But I, I did start to see the reaction piling up, and, and you know, it was one of those where it was like. Kentucky fans, and it's always fun to follow other fan bases because you realize we're all kind of the same. Like, we will overreact. You, you see all these tweets from UK fans. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're losing by 65. And you see the score, and it's like, oh, they're down by two. They're, they're going to be fine. It's South Carolina. Who cares? And then you start to see it really pile up in the second half, and you see the lead expand to 12 or whatever, and then 14. And What's surprising? It, I, I was surprised. Like, I, I yeah. thought that they would – I mean, I'm not shocked, but I, I am surprised because I, I don't think South Carolina's – fantastic but uk i'm also not as high on them as i think a lot of people are i think that, i think they're very good i think that they're a legit top 15 team they're all, they're fun as hell their offense is is really good but i've been saying the same thing that i've been saying for the last couple of months they don't defend well enough to win a national title they don't if that gets better maybe that they can you know with with the right draw they can change i don't think that they're a legit i'm not gonna say that they're not a final four team because when you use that that, that wording and then you look at the teams that have made the Final Four over the last you know, 10 years. So one of my favorite stats is that I think in nine of the last uh, – I, I, I have to get the, the numbers back. But I think in like nine of the last 10 NCAA tournaments, we've had a team seated seventh or worse make the Final Four every single year. Oh, wow. So, you know, you, like going into the, the 2017 tournament, you would not have said South Carolina as a seventh seed is a Final Four caliber team, but they were. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff happens. Brackets open up. And average teams get hot, and they, they make a run to the, the the Final Four. What typically happens when they get there, though, is that the world writes itself, and the best team in the Final Four winds up winning the national title. So I think Kentucky, I'm not going to say they can't make a Final Four because crazy stuff can happen, but I don't think they're legit a legit national title contender. I just don't. And last night was the latest piece of evidence. They're now down to the, they're 20 on Ken Palm. Uh, they'll play Arkansas away this weekend, which I do think will be a tough game because as bad as Arkansas has been, They've got talent. It's at home. That'll be a raucous environment, and uh, we, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, mean, I, I did hear that Big Z definitely came back down to earth. Oh, he yeah, hundred percent came back down to earth. Yeah, he he looked more like the version of Big Z Big Z that you would expected of the scene on Saturday. So, that's a, that, that's what everybody was saying. Well, and I also think I, I not I'm I'm kind of hesitant to say this because of the Kentucky haters yesterday, but <laughs> I, I I do think it's a little unfair to say from that one game that they're not Final Four good. Because up to this point, they haven't really shown that. They, they've been able to score at will. They've been able to – I mean, they're averaging 91 points for crying out loud. So, they suck defensively. But, yes, I agree with that. And last night – that was only highlighted last night because they couldn't score. Right? I mean, it hasn't been an issue for them yet because they've, they've just been able to outscore everybody. And that almost seems like that's the game plan. Kentucky. It is, which I don't think is a sustainable model for winning a sure. national title. Like you, you have to be at some point. You have to defend. And last night, even though they only scored sixty-two points, you look at it. South Carolina is not a good three-point shooting team. They went eleven of twenty-four. And like we talk about with Louisville, it's not. At some point, it stops being a coincidence that teams are making a bunch of threes against you. Yeah. You know, Kenny Payne's doing like the whole. They had a dream game for Wake Forest. They hit eighteen threes. It's a special night. I mean, it's not a special night. You left them wide open for the entirety of the game, and they're a good shooting team. Uh, you know. Good shooting teams are going to light you up. And even bad shooting teams, if you leave them wide open, are probably going to light you up. And Kentucky's just, they're, they're not a good defensive team. They're fun. They've got a lot of talent. The freshmen are a blast. The Big Z thing was was really cool over the weekend. But I have doubts about their ability. And I, look, I, 
I'm willing to give Kentucky their props. I was big on them a couple of years ago when they lost as a two seed. I thought they'd be better than they were last year. This year I was kind of more down them than the average person, and I'm kind of I still kind of feel the same way. But we'll see. They could definitely prove me wrong. They are definitely more fun than I thought they were going to be. I'll, yeah. I'll say that because uh, Cal I think is finally playing a modern style of basketball. Last night though was not fun. It didn't. It sound was like not it. a fun style of basketball to watch. At no point in that game did I enjoy myself watching it. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's kind of like egg on my face after the whole ordeal yesterday with what I said about most exciting team, blah, blah, blah. And then they come out and they just lay a complete stinker like that. They still are exciting. Yeah. I think this, they, they'll still be fun, but yeah. they're probably going to be a couple more games like this. And I think the more, as much as I'd love to just crap on them and be like, this is a proof that they're a fraud. The bigger pieces of evidence will come out when they play Auburn and Tennessee and, um, uh, Who's the fourth big team in that conference? Um, who am I forgetting? There's, there's four really good teams in that league. Uh, Alabama's pretty good. I guess, I guess that's the, the fourth one. Uh, when they start playing those teams, I think I'll be very curious. To see if, if you go down there and you beat Auburn at Auburn, yeah, I think I'm like okay, like that, that's that's showing me more than losing by 17 at South Carolina. Yeah. So there's that. Let's talk about what I think. I've never been so quickly so happy to quickly divert the attention from basketball to football at this point in the year, but. It's, yeah, these are uncharted waters. I said yesterday the football schedule was going to come out. I thought it was going to come out last night. It didn't, but I, I've got it. Do you want it early? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? I mean, you I, mean I don't particularly want it, but I know you're listening. I mean, you have can, they, they can get mad if they want oh, What's that? You can get mad if they want to get mad, but I mean, we, we, the schedule's coming out. It's going to come out anyway. Yep. Why not just give the people what they want? How about this? Let's, you don't have to wait till five. This is what the Rutherford Joe does for you. We'll, we'll feed you, baby birds. August 31st. We know this already. Cards will open up at home against Austin P. I like I like the getting your feet wet. You dipping a toe in the water before diving in. I know a lot of people sure. like these showcase games in week one. We've done Bobby Petrino was a big fan of the the big playing Auburn, playing Alabama, playing those teams in the, in the first game of the year. We played Ole Miss recently. Last year we had the conference game against Georgia Tech. I like, especially when you have this many new pieces that, from the transfer portal, I kind of like getting a practice game because college football is the only major American sport. That doesn't have a preseason. There's no you, know, you lose an exhibition game. That's true. Yeah. That, you know, in, in college basketball, it, it might not hurt you. You have a bad preseason in the NBA or the NFL or bad spring training in baseball. It's whatever. But you you don't come out ready to play in college football. It affects your season just as much as a loss in in late November. So I kind of like the let's just let's figure the things out. Second weekend, September seventh. That's a Saturday game as well. We'll play Jacksonville State. We knew that they were replacing Indiana because Indiana's a cowardly football program. Yeah. So we had to get as them. we should be. And you know, look, Jacksonville State, one of the better group of five teams. They they got Rich Rodriguez there. They've you know, they, oh, I forgot about that. They yeah. could scare you a little bit, yeah. maybe in, in week two, but still, a opponent that you should be able to beat and kind of figure some things out about yourself along the way. Week three, Louisville has a bye, very early, very early off week. Uh, September fourteenth, the Cards will not play a game. They'll be off uh, again. Nice little easing into the season, and then their first conference game will be on September twenty first. Another Saturday game, another home game. They'll play. Their first three games will all be at Cardinal Stadium, LNN Stadium, the Fed. And it's going to be the same first ACC opponent that they had last year. Georgia Tech will come to town. They'll play the, the, the Cardinals on September 21st. 9-28, September 28th. We knew this already. The Cards will face their first, I mean, Georgia Tech could be a test, but their first major test will come on the road against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I don't know what Notre Dame's schedule is like. I don't know what, how many games they have in place. Um I, I, my assumption is this is going to be probably a matchup of two ranked teams because Louisville is 
probably going to start the season in the top 25. They will, you would assume, again, Georgia Tech could surprise you. They almost beat you last year. You'd assume they'll be 3-0 and and nationally ranked going into this game. Notre Dame, probably going to to be like top 15. They're always top 15. Their schedule for next year before they play us. They're at, I take it back, they're at Texas A&M in week one. That could be tough. But if you win that, they should be 4-0. They'll play Northern Illinois at home the next week. They'll play at Purdue after that and then Miami of Ohio before the Louisville game. So this, in theory, should be or could be a top 10, top 15, 4-0 Notre Dame team hosting a top 20, top 15, 3-0 Louisville team. You get some major attention for this. Like This will be a very, very fun game. It could be one of those where it's like, are we a realistic playoff contender? Like All that stuff will go into that game. I'm excited about that. October, we start on the 5th at home against SMU which is an ACC program now. As strange as that is to say, uh, the SMU Mustangs will come to Louisville another Saturday home game on October 5th. October 12th, we'll hit the road. First conference game away from home at Virginia. Almost beat you last year on your home field. Not really sure what you're going to get there. I think that they're, you know, the young quarterback who lit us up, uh, Candelaria, is, he's back. He looks like he could be a dynamic player. We'll see what they've got. October 19th at home. You're playing one of the other teams that are projected to win the ACC. They're going to be right up there at the beginning of the year with you, Miami. At least it's at home. It's at home. We found out the date of this game yesterday officially, October 25th. It's a Friday. I think it's the only weeknight game. It looks like it's the only, only weeknight game we're going to play next season. On the road, Friday night at Boston College. A team you blew out last year, like uh, like Virginia. They've got a talented young quarterback in Castellanos. He played well against you. We'll see what he does. But Friday night game. How and many then, weekday games were there last year? I think five. five. Yeah, I was thinking five. I think they had, I think they had what three Thursday and two Friday. Because we started maybe on, opposite, but yeah, may, may have been opposite. I, there was a bunch. I know mm-hmm. that it was it was a lot. And I like the occasional Thursday Friday game. I feel like we've embraced that more than the average college football program. But at some point, you're like, all right, give, give me some Saturday games. Right. We got a lot this year. After the Friday night game against Boston College, we turn the page to November. We will open November on the road against the Clemson Tigers. I don't like – this is the one thing in the schedule where I'm like, eh, I don't like the way that this sets up because you've got – Louisville has the early bye on the 14th. They will then play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games without a break. And Clemson's the last one. This also is the only stretch in the schedule where you're playing back-to-back road games. Now, you do get one day of extra rest because you're playing on Friday night against Boston College, but still, back-to-back road games, you'd prefer it not to be Clemson at the, the, the back end of that because that's probably – We'll see how good Kentucky is. We'll see how good some of these other teams are. We'll see how good Notre Dame is. But at Clemson will be one of, if not your toughest road games of the season, maybe your toughest game overall of the season. Louisville will get a bye after playing Clemson on November 9th. On November 16th, they will play at Stanford. Again, a conference game. It feels weird to say that. They have to fly all the way across the country. Thankfully, they do have a bye week before that. So you've got you have three straight road games. There is a nice bye breaking up the, the second and third in that group. But Louisville will go from... October 19th until November 23rd without playing at home. Whoa. It's a large, large break. Uh, and then on that, uh, that that November 23rd game will be at home versus Pittsburgh, and then the Cards will wrap up the regular season on the road November 30th at Kentucky. It's a late Thanksgiving this year, so you get a late uh, uh, a late UK game. I kind of don't like that Pitts game 
before Kentucky. Just even when you beat them, they kind of beat you up. So can you remind me who all's coming into the ACC? You got Stanford, Cal, SMU. Those three. That's it. That's it. Yeah, oh, that, okay. that's it. So you, you, so that puts it what eighteen? Seventeen in football because Notre Dame's cowards. They, they, right. they don't play in the league. Yeah. So eighteen in all the the, the major like basketball. You'll have eighteen teams and some other sports. You'll have eighteen teams, but uh, it'll be seventeen in football. But you've got the eight game conference schedule. Top two teams playing in the conference championship game. No divisions. Will, no divisions, yeah. which will be December 7th. So the Cars do not play Florida State again this year. They don't play North Carolina this year. They do play Miami and Clemson, who are probably going to be in that top five mix along with yourselves. This, the schedule kind of sets up well. I, I like the slow start. I like being able to ease into things with potentially Tyler Shuck at quarterback and a lot of new pieces. But I don't like the long break between home games. I think that that's it's kind of annoying for the fans. It's cool that you get I mean, our first three games are all at home. Uh, we play a couple games in October, or I guess our two of our first three games in October are at home. But then having over a month between home games is it's a little bit annoying. And then I really don't like having Clemson at the end of the longest stretch that you have without a break, and being the only back-to-back weeks with road games. Having that game be the second one is a little bit of a, a rough shake. But if everything goes according to plan, if you're having the type of season that we all hope you're having. Like that game should have conference championship game ramifications. Like mm-hmm. you, they should be right there, we should be right there, and that will probably be like a elimination game. So I kind of like it. it. It feels like maybe a backloaded schedule again. I don't know how good Stanford's going to be. I expect Pitt to be better. Surely, to God, they can't be worse. And even when they're bad, they they do. They're very physical. Like they're they're going to beat you up. And then I don't like that leading into the Kentucky game. But Kentucky's going to be tough regardless. So it's a uh, I. I, I I can't. You can't complain too much about the way the schedule is laid out. I think it sets up nicely for you. But uh, a couple things out there jump out to me as like, ooh, a little bit of a red flag. So are you one of those guys that you see this schedule and you start breaking it down? Like, here's the wins, here's the losses. Or are you are you just trying not to do that until it gets closer? I try not to do that until it gets closer. I mean, you know, we'll all do it. But we don't know like, – like, like thirty five percent of the roster makeups for these teams isn't going to be decided until right. like we get through spring practice and stuff. Like, Especially for Louisville. Yeah, I mean for, for teams like us, other guys are going to hit the transfer portal as well. Um, and you know Miami, we didn't know who their quarterback was going to be until just a couple weeks ago with Cam Ward. You, you just in a league like the ACC, I think you can you can get a good sense of who. Like we know Florida State's going to be good again next year. They bring back enough, and 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 Mike Norvell has earned that trust. I think you know Clemson's going to have guys because of, of the way that they recruit and because of their program. They may not be what they've been. You know, before the last couple of years, but they're gonna be they're gonna be tough. They're they're gonna be good. They're gonna have dudes. The middle of the conference, you just don't know. Like like teams surprise in this league every single year. So trying to project how tough like at Virginia is going to be or how tough at home against Pitt's going to be, it feels like a fool's errand. Like like we try to circle these games. Like oh, I think they'll lose. Like I think Trevor and I both picked us to lose to Pitt going into this year. But if we'd known that Pitt was going to be three and nine. <laughs> you don't circle that game as a loss. Like, you know, it should be a game like that you all lost that game, right? We did. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, <laughs> we shouldn't have, though. Like, right. you know, if you if you knew the team's records going in and how strong they were going to be, you'd say, oh, we're a 10 win team. We're Weren't gonna... they like one and six at the time? They one were terrible. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they, they, they had their only win before beating us was against an FCS opponent. So they had no FBS wins. They only beat one other team besides us the rest of the year. Uh, you just don't know in this conference who's going to be good and who's not going to be. But I do think you can look at that schedule and say, at Notre Dame, at Clemson, at Kentucky, you circle those three games, and you're like, okay, like those will be tests, regardless of how good they are. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky had a, a down year this year, relatively speaking. They were seven and five, and they still beat you at home. So you know that game is going to be tough. Uh, I think you feel like you can get up for that game, but I do like the way it starts, and then the end will be tough, just yeah. like it was last year. 
Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text. I will take more texts coming up in, in uh, the, the start of the second hour. I just enjoyed talking about football there. It was fun to have a nice, hard left turn from, hey, we lost it in basketball, and it was kind of the way we thought it was going to be. What do we make of that? What, what gigantic takeaways can you have? Uh, there, there just aren't that many to have. A couple other things to get to on the football front. Doesn't make you nervous doing it an hour before the official release? Why? I don't know. Feels like you're kind of stealing their thunder. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, apparently it already leaked on the website anyway. Oh. So, yeah, it's it, it's out there if you want to find it. But we're, we're giving it to the people. A um, couple other notes to get to. Low football players Eric Miller and Ashton Gelade both named first-team academic All-America uh, by college sports communicators. It's the first time a UFL football player has earned this honor since Ian Pfeiffer, the old tight end, did back in 2019. Props to both those guys. Also, Ashton Gelade and Quincy Riley, two I mean, probably the two best defensive players from last season who both announced that they were going to not go to the NFL, not go in the transfer portal, but come back to Louisville for another season. They talked to the media today. Uh, I thought said some, some, some cool things. N- nothing that you would be shocked by, but still some things that it's fun to hear. Uh, Ashton Gelade talking about his decision said, I just talked to my family. I prayed it up. Obviously trying to get scout opinions and all that kind of stuff, just like how I always have. I'm just trusting the plan that God has for me, and that's what I felt called to do. That's what led to my decision to come back. Quincy Riley said, my decision was based on what would be best for me and the position I'm in than coming back with my pros and cons. I feel like there were more pros than cons with staying rather than cons than pros for leaving. So I trusted God's plan and I just stuck with it. So both relying on their faith, both also, I think, looking at the NFL draft and saying, especially Quincy Riley, this is going to be a cornerback heavy draft. I think in his mind, he feels like if he can come back, really showcase his skills with maybe more of a microscope on Louisville after the season they had a year ago. He can play his way up into being a first or second round pick next year. Ashton Gelade, probably the same deal. Um, I don't know how much he can improve his stock because he's, I mean, hell, he showed a ton last year, um, was one of the best defensive ends in the entire country, was in the top five in defensive pressures the entire season. We'll see how much his stock can improve, but he, he still said, like, I'm loyal. I think he's got a good NIL deal here. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, loyalty is what that says. Come on back. I mean, Ashton is, I heard an interview with his mom in the middle of the season, and she was talking about how, like, we get it in this day and age. You, know, you kind of have to do what's best for yourself. Coaches have always been done, been doing what's best for themselves. Now players are starting to do the same thing. And she basically said, like, my son's a throwback. Like, like he's a guy in high school when he got really good, he wasn't supposed to be this good. A bunch of the bigger local high schools came calling after him, wanted him to transfer, and he was like, oh, these are my friends. These are guys that I've gotten this position with. Mm-hmm. I want to stay with them. And she basically insinuated she she didn't like steal his thunder by saying he's definitely coming back next year. But she was basically like, if he doesn't go to the NFL, if if he realizes this isn't the best thing for him, I don't see him going anywhere other than Louisville. Yeah. And it's you know I, I think it's about his teammates. I think he likes the coaching staff, but certainly he could have left when Scott Satterfield bounced. And instead, you know, I think he developed a quick rapport with Jeff Brom. But it was more about finishing this out with the guys that he came into the school with. And that's it's rare in this day and age, but yeah. it was cool to see. Uh, so props to Ashton. Very, very happy to have him back. Uh, the other, uh, speaking of guys who did leave, and again, Josh Minkins, he sort of implied that it wasn't his decision to leave. Ballard High School product, played a lot of snaps here over the last uh, few seasons at safety, was a starter for most of this year before getting dinged up a little bit. Into the transfer portal, he initially committed to West Virginia. Uh, he then announced a couple of days ago he's not going to go to West Virginia and then yesterday announced that he's going to go back and play for Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati. So, <laughs> you know, he's, look, 
Scott Satterfield brought in a new defense. It's weird because you'd say, well, he knows the coaches over there. Well, Satterfield just had to bring in a new defensive coordinator because Brian Brown uh, bounced for Ole Miss, got a co-defensive coordinator offer there. He bounced there, and so now Satterfield's bringing in Iowa State's linebackers coach, uh, Tyson Veed. Veed, Veed, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's coming over there to play to be the new defensive coordinator for Cincinnati. So, yeah, Minkins will play for him, and best of luck to him. I always want to see local boys do good. He gave us all he had here. Um, do you still cheer for Satterfield? No, I don't cheer for Satterfield. Do you I mean, cheer for him to lose? Yeah, of course. I'll be a hater. I just had to know. I'll be fine. Like, with Charlie Strong, it was one of those things where like, I love Charlie, and I was very hurt that he left, but I never I, – I wasn't openly rooting against him, mm-hmm. but I also like didn't hate to see him not have a ton of success. It, it's like you, you always say, you can have an amicable breakup with a like a significant other, and you can you can seriously and genuinely want them to be happy, but you don't want them to be happier than you, right? Like That's You, true, you yeah. want them to be a little bit less happy yeah. than you are. And so when Petrino came here and initially, like we're kind of rolling, and Charlie's falling flat on his face to Texas, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't hate this. I, I, you know, I feel bad for him, but also, you know, what were you doing, man? With See, Satterfield, I'm kind of like, yeah. Are you the same way with players? If no, they leave? no, not usually, not not unless you know they come out like middle fingers blazing when yeah. they're leaving. Like with coaches, it's different because with strong, especially because I, I think Tom George basically was like we'll match anything that anybody's going to give you. And also, we gave you your first chance. You, you would have thought that if anybody was ever going to be loyal, it would have been Charlie to Louisville and said the way that he left kind of bugged me, just kind of doing it behind closed doors and being kind of sneaky about it, yeah. especially after a year earlier, giving this whole, like, you've got my word, my word's stronger than Oak, like basically the Jerry Maguire speech to, about how committed he was to UofL. But Schneider did the same thing when he left the first time. Satterfield to his you – know, Satterfield's a little bit of a different situation because we kind of – we knew he wanted to leave the whole time, mm-hmm. and we didn't – care like, like we, we were fine that he left so right. but still like you know you left for our arch and i didn't care for some of the stuff that he did while he was here i didn't i don't hate scott satterfield but i don't want him to be better than us well that's the thing i thought it was maybe a rivalry thing but i mean you mentioned charlie strong so yeah i mean, I mean charlie man i mean charlie could have coached here forever i would have loved him like, like he was he was the absolute man injected some life loved his mentality loved everything about the, the charlie strong era and then when he bounced it was it was very difficult to stomach. Seeing that picture of him in the car, like right after the news broke of him wearing the burnt orange, throwing up the the horns, it was like, oh, it was just such a gut punch. <laughs> such a gut punch. Uh, we will turn things over to the Thornton's text line coming up after the break. It's the 4 o'clock hour. It's up next. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. We will read your text messages on the air if you've got thoughts on the football schedule, if you've got thoughts on the Duke game, whatever. Now is the time to let us know. Again, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That's coming up after the break. The Mike Rutherford Show, Wednesday edition, here on Hour number two here of the Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Reminder, you can download podcasts of the show whenever they're available, which is every day. 
uh, wherever you find your podcast. Search 1450 The Big X. That's the best way to find it. You'll find every episode of The Mike Rutherford Show, Spears on Sports, uh, The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Not KRC because they're too cool. They've got their own own page. So oh, yeah. Search Kentucky Roll Call for the, uh, the KRC. Or listen every morning, 7 to 9, and then again from 9 to 11, right here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X, especially after, you know, nights where Kentucky loses by 17. It's a great show then. It's always a good show. It's especially good when they're reco- reacting to a loss. And if all- you hate my voice, I'm sorry, because I'm on all those shows. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Always reacting to a loss is the Mike Rutherford show, it seems like. Here we are again on a Wednesday reacting to an 83-69 defeat at the hands of the Duke Blue Devils. We've talked about that. We've talked about the football schedule. We're now going to talk to you on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Real quick, though, before we, we do, and there's a promo there for it. That Bourbon and Beyond lineup this year. Yeah. It's solid. It's legit. Yeah, it is solid. Yeah, I was they the graphic they put out, it's kind of hard to read. It so is. I didn't All really those it's are hard. just too jumbled together. They needed bigger spacing or something. We're so so I got down to like the fourth row and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm having trouble reading these. I'm just gonna not look anymore. I mean, you got Dave Matthews band, you yeah. got Tyler Childers, you've got Neil Young, you've got uh Matchbox twenty for God's sake. Cody Jenks, you got my morning jacket. I love the war on drugs, I'm a big fan. Um, Fleet Foxes I liked back in the day a lot. Beach Boys, you know, at least. Oh yeah, the, the, you know, kind of, the, yeah, kind of the Beach Boys. <laughs> you know, uh, Mary Morris. A lot of people. I do like going down there where you're like, um, are these real people? or Are they just screwing with us? When you get down to some of the lists, and we yeah. used to, I used to always play a game like, is this a real band or is right. it not? We did the golf thing yesterday. If you were to do that with me with bands, yeah, I'd have no idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, Amigo the Devil, of course. That's not a band. It is. No. Love myself some Amigo the Devil. But then you got, I mean, even down to like, I remember the KT uh, Tunstall. Tunstall. Tunstall was the suddenly I see. This is suddenly what I, I want to be. Yeah, that, that you've got them or her. Patty Smith's going to be there. Who? Remember the Wallflowers? Oh, yeah. There's Jacob Dylan and company. They're still kicking. Bruce Hornsby and the Noisemakers, of course. Never heard of them. Both times I've looked at this graphic. In the middle, there's Lucius, L-U-C-I-U-S. And both times, my mind has said ludicrous. I'm like, why is ludicrous in the middle of this graphic? This is a huge slap Put in the face. Put that man at the top. This is a huge slap <laughs> in the face. I do also like that, that you know, in the middle, it's like TBD. I'm like, is that a band? Or are they saying, like, this? this it's a placeholder in, like, the sixth line? <laughs> it seems like you could just, you know, give it to somebody else. We're going to get somebody here, but we'll, we'll, we got to wait. Soul Asylum? <laughs> Boom. How is our boy? So we ended up, by the way, uh, update on the fantasy golf front. Did not pick Eric Cole. Hey. Did not. Danny He's going to win now. Last I saw, he was like two over through four. He was not playing. Oh, they already started? Oh, yeah. It's it's first round today. We ended up going with Sahith Gala, who, a big Sahith guy. Uh, He is plus two through 14, though. He's not not Mm. playing well. I barely took him over Tony Finau, who I'm sure is playing well. Yeah, he's he's minus one through eight. So, we're off to a rough start. But leading the tournament, um, I mean, Colin Morikawa. You know Morikawa. I do. He's, uh, He's tied with two other guys at the top of the leaderboard. So, yeah, Eric Cole is currently, what is Eric Cole? Uh, plus two as well. So basically I, I did nothing well for myself by taking Heath Tagala over Eric Cole. It's been your golf update of the day here on Rams, uh, Ramsey and Rutherford. Here on the Mike Rutherford Show with Scooter Dingus, Justin Kalen on a Wednesday. 502-414-1450, Thornton's text line. Let's, uh, let's talk about what you're saying. Texture says instead of talking about the cards, why don't we spend the next three hours talking about how UNLV got blown out at home by 30-plus to a team full of fighter pilots? They did. Air Force? They, Air, Air Force whomped them. So I had the so I, I won money on the Dayton bet. I said I only made two bets. I, that takes you a lot because now I'm just remembering this. <laughs> I won money on the Dayton bet. I, the other bet I made, and I did go pretty hard on the Kyle Filipowski over one and a half threes. And missed that. And I was like, I'm going to chase here. I was like, I'm going to get that money back. I'm going to make an easy four-team parlay, okay. money line parlay. 
like you know, just basically four teams that I think are definitely going to win, yeah. and you'll get the same odds as if you were betting the spread in like one game. Probably like minus three fifty for all of them to five hundred. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, a couple of them were in action because I had to build it up to make sure that it was like worth my while. And um, I'm trying to think of who else I took. Like it was a uh, pretty simple picks. Um, I think I went with God. Now I'm now I'm. Bugging. I think it was Houston to beat BYU, which did happen. They ended up winning by seven, although that was a good game. Um, and it basically, it came down to Boise State, whoever they were playing. I thought they were going to win handily. They did. I think they played Fresno. And then all I needed was UNLV to win. Not just not cover, but just to win against a bad Air Force team. They were 10.5-point favorites. And I'm thinking, like, I've got this in the bag. I'm not even paying attention. I don't even have to watch this game. I flip it over. They're down by 19 in the first half. I'm like, okay. There's still a chance that they're going to make a run. Air Force is terrible. UNLV has been really good at home. They seem to have turned a corner. They've got a decent amount of talent. I flip back over. They're down by 31. <laughs> they just never hit a switch. Like I, I did not come close to winning this bet, and they ended up losing 90 to 58. It was it was embarrassing. It was what Air- you get for chasing. I know it was Air Force's first conference win, and so I ended up being down for the night. That that sucked. Um, TCU over Oklahoma State is where I should have. I was looking at that. I was like, I should have bet that because they were losing live odds. Should have gone for it. Live gambling so fun. Yeah. I know you're a big live guy. Uh, other ACC action last night, by the way. Uh, Pitt did go on the road and knock off Georgia Tech. Florida State. Uh, Florida State's red hot in the ACC. They're six and two in the conference. Uh, they went on the road and knocked off Syracuse. Virginia Tech held court at home against Boston College with a 76-71 victory. This league just is not. I'm looking at all these teams. Like none of these teams are tournament teams. Tonight we got NC State on the road taking on Louisville's next opponent, Virginia, at seven o'clock on the ACC network, and then Miami will play Notre Dame at seven o'clock on ESPN two. But Hurricanes, I mean. They don't get right very quickly. They're going to see any chance they had of, of making the NCAA tournament fall apart. They've lost four or five, and they're yeah. losing to bad teams. They have not been good, no. They have not. We broke Which them. doesn't make sense to me. They have all the pieces. They do, but you know, you, you lost. It's not like they've been injured or anything. They, well, they have. Pac's been hurt. Oh, um, Norsh- is playing a little bit hurt. Um, yeah. Who's the other one? Wooga Poplar missed, mm-hmm. a, missed a couple That's weeks. Right. Came he back did, against yeah. us. So they've, ha- they've had some injuries, but still. Like they've got too much talent. They just they don't play defense. They're they're like us. They're a, which is why we beat them. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. But they are they are floundering right now. Texas says, um, I listened to yesterday's show today. One note that I have: the last time Louisville had a win over a ranked team was January 6, twenty twenty one, aka Chris the Plumber's family holiday. Come on. <laughs> uh, Texas says, and look, everyone's texting about Trevor every day. Like the same people every single day. We've addressed it twice, yeah. and, and we, we, I, I can't say anything. Like Scoots and I are on the same page. We love Trevor. We're, we're we're thinking about him. We can't say anything else outside of that. We we just can't. I apologize. Um, that's all I can say. Uh, when when can you talk about? I don't know. I don't know. Texas, the English teacher here. What? What's up, English teacher? We have an English teacher who loves the show. Oh, does he know science teacher? Maybe, probably. He says, we're reading Romeo and Juliet right now. What do you remember from the play from your own high school days? I never read Romeo and Juliet. Me neither. We read, I'm trying to think of, like we read a, a number of Shakespeare plays. We read. I know we read Julius Caesar. I know we read Othello. I know we read Hamlet. We saw Hamlet. I think we saw Macbeth at um, one of the theaters. I, I'm, I never read Romeo and Juliet. Wait, so you went to an all-boys school and you had to read all these? Good grief. Was there anything fun about your high school days? I mean, do you think that just at all boys school, how did those two things go hand in hand in your mind? Because I didn't have to read those, and I had girls. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so they made us—they made us read stuff because we were with all boys. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know how how I made those connections, but I just that sounds terrible. I wouldn't want to read all those. I mean, I, I, I liked it. I was I was I liked English. I was a big fan. Romeo and Juliet. Like I don't. All I know about this is the basic story. I don't think I've ever even like I didn't watch like the DiCaprio movie or any of the movies. I knew two families at odds in Italy, and then obviously I know the the ending. Uh, you know. The big lines, I know, but like the ins and the outs, I don't know. I don't know like the basic story. You know more than me. Apologies to English teacher. Texas says, Mike, uh, thank you for getting us through this gloomy, miserable week. This is surprisingly not about KP. It's been it's been gloomy. It's been mm-hmm. miserable. It, it 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 is. Texas scoots, give it time. You will find love. Look at One that. day. Look yeah. at that uplifting. Day. One day. In twenty twenty four, it's the year of love. I've, no, I've, I've, I don't want it to be twenty twenty four. That's the thing. I'm not that young. Don't what's what's that commercial? They what's the saying they say on that commercial? If if your heart is open, love will always find its way in. I would consider my heart not open. Your heart's not open right now. Correct. You're just trying to get so things love, straightened out. Love can't walk through a door that's not open. Love is an open door. <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> uh, Texas says some people. <laughs> I can't read any of these texts. I can't. I hate not being able to see the text line. Yeah, I know. There were some good ones yesterday. Texas says, yeah, I had Filipowski over on 18 and a half points. He went 6 of 16, uh, shot all but three un- shots pretty much uncontested, and six free throws. He finished with 17 points. Oh. I should have taken his rebounds. I didn't realize how limited they are in the front court because he logged 37 minutes. Yeah, there's a- The Mitchell guy played, too, which made it a little bit easier for him, but he – he just missed a bunch of open shots. I, well, I strayed away from his points, rebounds, assists. It was 29 and a half. And then I was looking today. I was like, man, I should have taken that. Yeah. The, if I'd have known he was going to get 15 rebounds. I mean, because all of his stats, like he's a good three-point shooter. He just doesn't take a ton of game. And I'm like, well, we'll you know, we don't guard the pick and pop at all. He'll get five or six wide open looks. And he did. Mm-hmm. He just missed them all besides one. And it was uh, not good for gambling. But I was happy because it you know, kind of kept us in the game. Yep. Texas, our much-improved offense is all the way up to 169 on Ken Palm. One more year. Is it really? Yeah, I mean, the offense isn't great either. We're comparing. That seems high, though. But it's gotten better, is the thing. It still is nowhere near like a respectable program's ranking. But we are we are 169. We are doing some things. On, I mean, and I think that you can see this. You can see it for stretches when you play games like this. You saw it a little bit early in the Kentucky game. You saw it against North Carolina. You saw it in the games against Texas and, and in Indiana. Like we've got players to where I'm not saying we would be like an NCAA tournament team with any other coach in the world, but with the right coach, like this team should be much much better. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no real excuse for them to be sitting here at six and thirteen. And I and again, like I, I do think they're going to win more games. I know Ken Palm has them projected to win to go nine and twenty two. I think they're going to be better than nine and twenty two. That's my wild optimism here. That's pretty wild. Everyone who's like, oh, you're so negative all the time. I think they're going to be better than Ken Palm thinks they're <laughs> going to be. How about that? I think they're going to get to double-digit wins. Like, I can see them I can see them in February stringing together a, a couple of wins. Will I be impressed? No. But, like, because I think that they – like, we have more talent right now than Syracuse. Judah Mintz is a good player, but that's really kind of it. We've got – there's no question we have a more talented roster than Notre Dame. They've got nobody on that roster. We have more talent than Georgia Tech. Um, Damon Sotomayor is doing a good job at getting what he can, but they're still a couple of years away from from being competitive. We have more talent than Boston College. Like we are better than on paper, we are better than at least I'd say six or seven teams in the ACC. And I think eventually, because we're playing hard enough and, and we're doing enough things well offensively, we're going to win a few of these games. Now, uh, does, does it make a really big difference? No, 
By the way, we were talking about Zampane on Spears yesterday. Of course. He told me today that his wife told him when he got home that she rarely listens, but she listened to yesterday's show, <laughs> and she thought they were really mean to Zampane. <laughs> was it us? No, it was oh, his Spears show. and his and Tony Burke, his co-host. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be about me. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was going to be about me blaming him for Bellarmine season again, <laughs> which he is. He's tanking Bellarmine basketball. They play North Florida, I think, tomorrow. Yep. Um, they'll probably lose because of, of John Spears. It's not a it's not a good North Florida team either. Shout out to the Oscars. They got a Florida run coming, Jacksonville on Saturday. I, I've seen, yeah. Uh, Doug sent me something. He always, like, I can always tell when Doug's bored breaking down film because he'll see like an outrageous clip and he'll just send it to me and be like, "Can you believe this?" I'm like, "Here it is." And it was a Jacksonville player guarding the inbounds place, and he was literally like three feet like out of bounds. Like, the guy kept back. He's like against the wall. I don't remember who they were playing. But he's like looking at the ref, like, "Are you going to do something about this?" <laughs> this dude standing six feet out of bounds, defending the inbounds pass. I know they're a play-by-play guy. Maybe I'll hit him up, see if I can do color. Artis Gilmore, no, Jackson. Artis is their color guy. Yeah, Artis Scott Manzi's their play-by-play. You've said that before. Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Artis. Texture says, "I still hate all of this, but I have to give Brandon Huntley Hatfield props. He's been playing so well the past month, and the offense should run through him every time down the floor." Look, uh, Huntley Hatfield, I. Like, I think you can watch it at times and see why Sky Clark was such a highly touted prospect. Like, like he, do, there are certain things that he does really well. I think you can see why a guy like Curtis Williams was coveted coming out of high school. Tyler Johnson the same way. Huntley Hatfield is the one guy that stands out the most when you watch Louisville play. Mm-hmm. And there are times, especially when he's really engaged against good teams, which was the case for most of last night, where you're like, this dude's got every skill. Like, he can knock down the mid-range jumper. I feel very confident when he takes a mid-range shot now and he's pretty open. I'm like, he's he's going to make it. Like, Well, they had one play in the game. It was near the end of the first half, and that was my one thought is that's such easy offense. Sky Clark drove to the baseline, and Huntley Hatfield kind of just cut behind him, mm-hmm. and Clark pitched it back to him. He had a wide-open 16-footer, and the, it's the right splash. Yeah, yeah. That was the, uh, and that's such easy offense. And he he makes that shot, yeah. and a lot of big men don't. And he's gotten a lot better at that. He can knock down the occasional three when he's wide open. Uh, he's got great footwork inside. He's got a great frame. He's got a professional ready frame. Like, there's nothing that he doesn't do at least somewhat well. He gets his body in really good spots on the floor. And, and credit to his teammates for finding him, especially in a game like last night. He's doing a better job this year, too, of – Last year when he would do that, because he would work hard. Like the, the first few possessions of the game, you would see the team would come out. There was a concerted effort to get him the ball, and so he was working really hard in the block. And then, as they tended to do, it started becoming more of like selfish one-on-one team ball. And when Brandon would, would work hard in the block and knock at the ball a couple of times in a row, he would be like, okay, to hell with that. Like, if you're not going to pass the ball, why am I going to be banging with this guy inside? Why am I going to work hard to try and get the ball? Like I'm done. And he would just kind of be lazy and it would affect his defense. And then he was just checked out. And so you'd see him score like eight points, and they'd, six of them would be in the first four minutes, and then he was just done. And this year, I think he's done a better job of, you can see every now and then that he, that he gets frustrated, but he still is working hard. Like He doesn't let it, let it affect him from one possession to the next. I think that was the next step for him. Like I, If Huntley Hatfield, whether it's Kenny Payne or another coach next year, if, if Huntley Hatfield wanted to come back, I would take him with open arms yeah. for next year. I think in the right circumstances, he could be a, he's already a good college player on a, a bad college team. I think he could be a really good college player on a good college team next year. Well, the one thing about him is I, I don't really see that him banging down low on the low post this year. It's almost like all of his buckets come in the flow of the offense, which is weird. I mean, he, he whether it's a perfectly timed cut to the basket or just a perfect ceiling of his man, he's just getting the basketball in such easy spots to score. And I feel like it's just coming in the flow of the offense more so than him having to work hard to get open. Yeah. 
Uh, Texture says, Mike, how big of a raise does KP get for covering the spread? <laughs> Imagine if we found that in his contract. <laughs> if it was like they re-upped it at the end of last year and they're like, you get a certain amount of bonuses for spreads covered or pushed, I'd die. But I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> Texture says, there's been palpable buzz that Josh Hurd is a big fan of Red Rock's Amphitheater. In honor of the upcoming 83rd concert season on the venue, Josh has decided the UofL future men's basketball coach will be plucked from the 83rd ranked team in Ken Palm. Do any of us understand the connection to a music venue in Colorado and Louisville men's basketball? No, but I don't ask questions. I just provide the rumors. I mean, Josh does have Colorado roots, hmm. so maybe he is. Are you saying the, the coaching candidate of the day is the 83rd coach on Ken Palm? Sounds like it. I mean, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Let's do it. Coaching Canada of the day. How about this? It's somebody, like, I had a big scoop. List. I'm going to the list. I'm putting his name down. You're coaching Canada of the day. And this person, like, I did have his agent reach out to me and have a conversation a couple years ago where I thought it was weird. Where, you know, like, Matt McMahon of LSU, his agent, he was at Murray State at the time, was like, hey, I think my guy would do a great job there. I was like, I don't have that kind of pull. I don't know what you think I can do here, but I, I'm my. <laughs> You know, he's like, can you float something? I'm like, no, I can't float anything. I don't know what's going on. But uh, Matt McMahon at LSU, second year there, took over a disastrous situation after they were forced to fire Will Wade, who's uh, not on this list, but he's on a lot of other people's lists. They are currently 11-7 and overall and 3-2 and in the SEC, just coming off of a loss to Texas A&M. They are number uh, 83 on Ken Palm. Matt McMahon, local ties. He has a familiar agent. He's got uh, – I think he knows a lot of the same people – in the college basketball world that Louisville people are familiar with. I think he would love to come here. He's on the list. Palpable buzz that Matt McMahon wants to go from the little L to the big L. Well, there you go, Matt McMahon's agent. There's your shout-out floating out there. Love you. Um, <laughs> represents a lot of big people these days. Uh, 502-414-1450. Texas says, when I see UK lose by 17, it kind of makes me smile. <laughs> Texas says, I heard everything Mike said during that mic check. I think that was we were worried about Scoots' mic was the one that wasn't working. My mic was fine. Yeah. yeah. Texas says, uh, I'm on a run and I need some encouragement. I need Scooter to hype me up. How am I supposed to do that? Yeah, go, buddy. Woohoo! Run. Why, why are you running in the rain? Yeah, come on. Why are you? It's the rain. That's It's raining. You don't go run when it's raining. <laughs> but go you. Texture says, um, yeah, that joke has been made before. I can't read it. Texture says, possible schedule leak. We already read the schedule. We gave you the schedule. It <laughs> happened. It happened last hour. But So last hour. That schedule leak, let me make sure. Um, yeah, that's that, that's the schedule. There you go. What if it's the wrong schedule? If they just like. You know, they, what if they just t- trolled everybody? They're going to great lengths just to hide. like Because <laughs> we already know, I think, half the games are official out there already. So they, they're going to great lengths to hide six games. It'd be, you know. <laughs> screw you, Rutherford. <laughs> I planned my trip to Stanford for November 23rd and now, whatever that was, November 16th. Texter says, did you see that Nick Stauskas openly ripped the Michigan basketball team after they got bludgeoned to death by Purdue? It would be nice if former UofL players did this publicly instead of texting their frustrations to you and Nick Coffey. Uh, there are <laughs> there are a lot of former players that uh, that, that will, will text their frustrations to me or DM their frustrations to me. Some of them I, like, like will text their frustrations and then I'll see them on Twitter being like, yeah, go get them. And I'm like, Come on, man! Oh. Like, you, you, I, I get that you're trying to maintain rep. I get that it's, it's sort of it's a brotherhood and all this stuff. But if you're willing to be so vehemently upset with what's going on behind closed doors, maybe just you, you can do that. 
Uh, I didn't see what Nick Stauskas said. I didn't either. But they did get just oh killed, like, hammered last night uh, by 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 Purdue. Uh, what's the final of that game? Ninety nine sixty seven, I think. Ninety nine. You're right. Ninety nine sixty seven. Michigan, which had so much promise at the beginning of the year, has now lost uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven of eight. They're two and six in the Big Ten, seven and twelve overall. This is a disastrous season. It looks like, I mean, the Jawan Howard era it feels like it's already ended mm. because he's not like he's kind of the head coach, but not really, and nobody really knows what's going on. He's fighting with trainers. He's sick. Um, it, it's all a, a very, very weird thing. And now they're just playing atrocious basketball. Um, do they, have they played Indiana yet? Who's that? Michigan? Michigan. Yeah. They, they lost them, right? They, uh, no, we beat Michigan, yeah. No, I'm saying Michigan lost yeah, Indiana. correct. Yeah. Which, that shows you how bad they are. Uh, what did Nick, Nick Stauskas said, these kids have no respect or understanding of what it means to put on that Michigan, that M. I haven't felt any kind of passion or love for the game from Michigan basketball in years. <laughs> I mean, I am kind of surprised, to be quite frank, and may, like, yeah, I was saying, maybe it's because it's a former player. Like Michigan's in the exact same situation we are. They have a beloved former player who had a ton of success while he was there coaching the team. I mean, it, and honestly, like Jawan Howard has had infinitely more success at his time at Michigan than, than Kenny Payne's had here so far. I am surprised that we haven't at least gotten a couple of former players who have publicly said something along these lines where it's like these kids just they're not showing me anything. Like we, I, I've, we, it's happened in football. When the team has been really bad, you've had former players be like, they don't deserve to wear that jersey or this isn't the the program that we helped build. But in basketball, I mean, maybe some are doing it and I just haven't seen it. But I, like, for the most part, it's been – the only vocal former players have been supportive of Kenny Payne when they've voiced that publicly. I mean, what good does that do at the end of the day? I mean – Just to rip on them for everybody to see. that, that, that That's not doing any good for anybody. I guess. I mean, but the counterpoint would be like, what good does it do to be vocally supportive when the product is a, a ten and forty yeah. record? I mean, ten and forty one now. Ten and forty one is that right now? Yeah. I, I can't. I stopped keeping track. Who cares? <laughs> We're two and twenty five in the ACC, I think. And that is like, maybe it just feeds into like what the fans want because there is. I mean, we see it every day on the text line. Like the fans are they're out for blood, and mm-hmm. I, if they're also sick of being lectured from people that are outside the fan base. And last night was a was another example. You had Reese Davis and John Crispin on the call, and I think the, I think I think fans are even more frustrated by the lecturing from announcers than they are with the actual losing, because it, it, it is obnoxious to have Reese Davis come in and be like, you know, it's a proud fan base, but you got to understand, like, you can't, it's not going to get fixed overnight. It's not going to, and we're like, dude, we're, we're, he's ten and forty one. Like nobody's as bad as we are outside of DePaul, and DePaul beat us by seven. And then John Crispin talking about the crowd is like. You know, this place is electric right now. I don't know what these fans are all upset about. This is an incredible environment. I'm like, dude, stop. Like, I'm, I'm just, not just a stop. I'm not a Crispin guy, and I really like Reese Davis, so that made it hard for me to watch that game. But they had that one interaction early in the game where, who was it? Filipowski broke Zion's record from back in the day, or I, I can't remember who they were talking about, but somebody broke Zion's record, and Crispin chimes in, and he's like, "Oh, it's not beating you or mine record. I mean, that's a that's a big record to beat." And Reese Davis looks at him and just goes, I would say you're very aware of the obvious there. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No kidding, it's not our record. Like John, or not Zion. Cool, John Crispin, you made a couple shots at Penn State. Like, <laughs> get over yourself. Yeah, he's, he annoys me. I, just, I, I try to, and look, I, I get that historically Louisville is not on the level of, of Duke or North Carolina. But I try to imagine all these same announcers, whether we're talking about ACC Network, 
or ESPN, whatever, like all, all that we've dealt with for the last two years. If Duke were in the exact same boat and they hired, they hired a former player in John Shire who probably wouldn't have gotten the job had he not been a former player who was on Coach K's staff. And they've been just kind of okay since since Coach K left. They were a four seed last year, got beat in the second round, and they're, they've been a little bit disappointing so far this season. But they're still like, you know, we're talking about a, a talented team. They're recruiting well. They're going to be safely in the NCAA tournament. Who knows what they're going to do after that point. Let's say that they were as much of an abject failure as we are right now. And we're talking like, he's got 15 wins in two seasons. Are they still doing the same song and dance where they're like, Duke fans have to be patient here. You have to understand. I mean, I, their whole point is we were in such a rebuild, but like, again, we saw where the program was before COVID. We saw where the program was when COVID hit. It wasn't in a rebuild. It was, it was basically back. Like, like we were seeing what the program could be with Chris Mack at, at his highest level. And obviously the last two years didn't go well. They got disrupted by COVID, but even then like, First team left out of the NCAA tournament is light years ahead of where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And we're acting like the last six years have been just as bad as these last two where we're winning four and six games and we're getting blown out by everybody and people are calling 14-point losses moral victories. Like, if Carolina were in the same predicament, I don't think that they would be as luxury as, you know, kind of like, oh, you, you just you have to get it back. And, I, again, like, I get that we're not Carolina or Duke, but we're not that far behind. Like, we won a national title a decade ago. If Shire went 4-28 and his first year, does he get a second year? No. I don't think so either. No. Yeah, because no. it's Duke. No. I, I mean, like, we want to be Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, right? Like, like, Louisville fans, we expect to be on their level. Kentucky fired Billy Gillespie after he was SEC Coach of the Year and went to the NCAA Tournament in one or two years. And the second year, it wasn't like he was 4-28. and He went to the NIT. And nobody thought it was a ridiculous move. Nobody thought it was outrageous. Everyone thought that's the right thing to do. That's not Kentucky standard. This is not going well. There was some off-the-court stuff. You could see the writing on the wall. You can also see the writing on the wall at Louisville right now because we're not recruiting. Gillespie wasn't recruiting. We're not recruiting now. And we've been 10 times worse in actual games than he was there. And the fact that this is even still a debate amongst some people just kind of blows my mind. If you want to be Kentucky, act like Kentucky. Start having the same standards. Start respecting yourself a little bit more. This is Louisville basketball, for God's sake. You know, you, you know, we were a decade ago. We're talking about Final Four in 2012, national title in 2013, Sweet 16 in 2014, Elite Eight in 2015. That was the expectation, and we were set to be a three or a four seed in 2016, two seed in 2017. Like. That's where the program is expected to be. It's not just, hey, can this guy get us to an NCAA tournament at some point in the next five years? Have some respect for yourselves. It just it drives me nuts. We've forgotten who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can end on that note. It was not a rant. Not a rant. We'll take a that break. A we, it was not a rant. We'll take a break. We'll come back. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. More from you guys coming up after the break. We'll talk a little Cardinal Hoops. We'll talk some football if you want. The official schedule will be out uh, at 5 o'clock. We can react to, to what we already told you it was going to be. And, and more. Coming out your way. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Wednesday edition here on 1450 and 961-TheBigX. When it lights up the sky You know it makes me feel good Well, I love a rainy night Such a beautiful sight That's a good one. Great song. 
A lot of uh, rain music from Scoots today. Yeah. That's good. Because I love a rainy night. I was, I, I love you too. I was, I was going to try to do like a theme, but I didn't want to play on Louisville fans' emotions. But I was, during my break today, I heard Bruno Mars locked out of heaven. And I was like, holy smokes, this would be a perfect song to play today. But I opted not to go that route. It's okay. I mean, could have just done like, but I guess your best wasn't good enough. Because that's how we feel right now. <laughs> or just something about you, business as usual. But don't you kind of also feel like you've been locked out of heaven? We have. Yeah. I mean, not just heaven. We've been locked out of like normal society. <laughs> been locked out of lower middle class society. That's how we feel as basketball fans. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We're talking some Cardinal hoops. We've talked a little Cardinal football already. If you got thoughts on this rainy, rainy Wednesday, it's going to be rainy again tomorrow, I think. Yep, all the, day. Yeah, and then Friday it was like some dry. I'm like, God, that's, that's the best you we can watch get. for some flooding. It's going to get pretty nasty. It's, I mean, I'm With already, all the snow melting. And- yeah, I'm already seeing it a little bit. You know, we have one of those yards where it dips a little bit towards the end when you get to the road, and like we, we can never grow grass there. We, we plant grass there every year. We've gotten it pretty good a couple times, but between, like, you know, people will come over to our house and kind of park there, and we have two trees right there that will kind of shade it from from some sunlight. And then now the rain, will get, it's impossible to grow grass. So it's just like mm. it's like a giant, just like pool of mud. Better than sucks. me, better than the Ohio River coming out of your backyard when we get rain like this. Is that what happens to you? Oh yeah, it comes down our dri- runs down the driveway. It's gnarly. That sucks. I did notice several like streams, like a couple creeks around us that were just like ten times higher really than usual high, when I was. Yeah. And it's, it's not stopping anytime soon. So. And just think, all that's going to the Ohio. Mm, it's going, that's going to flood. And then it's going to your yard. Exactly. That's bad. <laughs> Stay safe out there. 502-414-1450 the Thornton Stacks line. I didn't say it earlier. I'll say it now. Uh, Thornton's has the best deals for you all 2024 long. Download the Refreshing Rewards app if you want to take advantage. Become a Refreshing Rewards program member. It'll save you money at the pump. Every time you need to fuel up, it'll save you money inside. Anytime you stop into one of this area, 73,000. It's 262 Thornton's locations. There's that many of those for a reason. They know what they're doing. Do that and then text us at 502-414-1450. By the way, the pro move, they're doing a promo right now. If you buy a fountain drink, you get a 20-ounce soda for a dollar. Ooh. So you can get a 32-ounce soda and a 20-ounce soda for $2. Two big old drinks. I mean, that's incredible. For not a lot of money. Yeah. That's what Thornton's does. I do always wonder secretly if I've said the same number twice ever doing that <laughs> those, those promos. I used to keep track. And like do the math on how many more it was than the day before or whatnot, but it fluctuates. Yeah, it's a, you I, know, st- I stopped wasting my efforts on that. We're an economy in flux <laughs> every single day. Texture says, "Scoots, you say that UK's defense really hasn't bit them in the butt until last night, but letting teams like Texas A&M score 97, who hasn't scored 75 against any other SEC team, or beating Georgia but letting them score 96 is not good." I just yeah, no, I agree with that. I just mean it hasn't bit them in the butt of the way of they've been able to outscore. The other teams and that's I really think that's their game plan is just go out and score as many points as possible well I think that's every team's game plan well but some teams just have good <laughs> defense a- a- to be fair AM scored 97 they didn't need overtime yeah and they're not a great offensive team but I, I don't I don't think yeah, I mean the defense well enough to win defense run. definitely bit them in the butt in that A&M game so I, that was that was on me my, my fault they're not a good defensive team but now they got big Z maybe it'll change things <laughs> Texas, I think that's. Uh, I think what's not talked about is Louisville had no recruiting violations. Meanwhile, Baylor had numerous and found a way to win a title. Spare me with this cloud BS, Jenny. I don't know who Jenny's Jenny is, but Jenny. I think it means Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, catch, this is his new name. Jenny catching a stray. This is Jenny driving around listening to the show. She's like, "What the hell? I didn't say anything." <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had this conversation yesterday. I feel like we do this a lot, where it's like, "Hey, we, we've already talked about this." 
but we were reacting to his coach's show comments where he was bringing up everyone thought the whole country's talking about how we're going to get the death penalty, how we're going to get the death penalty, which is just a, a rewriting of history. It's not true. Nobody was saying that nationally. Uh, Pat Forty wrote it, but he didn't even say that. He basically said Louisville deserves to get the death penalty. He didn't say they, he thought it was going to happen. So nobody was using that. And even if they were, it's on you to go out there and tell recruits, no, this isn't the case. It's not true. We're fine. And the Texas right, we had no recruiting restrictions when he got here. Chris Mack was dealing with the same thing as far as we're on probation. You've got, I think, I mean, Mack had fewer scholarship. We had scholarship restrictions then mm-hmm. that he was having to work on. But as far as, like, recruiting, he couldn't go to to recruits and say definitively, we're going to be eligible for the postseason in 2021. We had no idea what the NCAA's timeline was during that entire time. We had no idea. It could have dropped any time. Mac was working underneath that. So I don't like, it's the question that I keep coming back to when, when Kenny Payne and people who think that Kenny Payne deserves a third year here are talking about, you know, he says, I inherited something that was broken. I, I inherited the black cloud of the NCAA hovering above us and all this stuff. What was different about what was going on when Chris Mack was the coach here for those four seasons than the last two when you were the coach? Because if it's something that, like, we don't know, if, again, if it's something like, you know, the players were being abused by the, the, the prior coaching staff or something, okay, we don't, we don't know that. We haven't heard that. But you just keep making these vague references. And if it's something that, you know, what we assume it is, which is just simply the NCA stuff, well, we were dealing with that already before, and it was going a lot better before you took over. So, uh, I, I get it. It is kind of BS. Texas says, I'm sorry I didn't get to listen to the show yesterday. Well, that's on you. <laughs> if you don't listen to every second of every Mike Rutherford show, you have no leg to stand on. I'm sorry. You're not, you're not getting listener of the year. You're not a re- you're not getting listener of the year. You're not a real fan. Nope. I'm just joking. We love you. Texas says, you both were wrong on Oklahoma minus three and a half, and Justin was wrong on BYU. Thanks a lot for losing me money. Well, if you're listening to me, or Mike for that matter, that's on you, pal. Well, look, and we didn't. Mike's give, been on a heater, but I am not good at sports gambling, so don't listen to my picks. We were we were making picks, but I was also saying like I'm not betting these. The the one pick yeah. that I gave out that I said I was going to bet was Dayton uh, minus seven and a half against LaSalle, and I did, and it, it hit. But I, I did think Oklahoma would cover. Texas has also kind of found its its footing a little bit. Basically, after the Rodney Terry complaining about the horns down <laughs> thing against UCF, they've beaten two pretty good teams. Yeah, um, they're playing a little bit better. Maybe they're not butt cheeks. I still kind of think they are, but. They played well last night. Beat a good Oklahoma team. Um, looked look pretty good in, in the process. BYU also, I mean, that, that the final score was a little bit misleading. Houston did control it for most of the game. They were up by 13 in the second half. But it was tied with two minutes to go. Like BYU made a furious rally, hit a three to tie it up. And then Houston made some plays and then hit some free throws down the stretch to, to not just win but to cover the spread. So a little bit. BYU had a chance definitely to, to not just win but to cover. They're a good team. They're just not a great team. I think Houston's really good. Texture says, uh, sorry, I have, I can't say that, I, but I, I single-handedly won the Lions' first playoff game by going up there. You're welcome. Hey, thanks. That's our Lions fan in Northern Kentucky who is driving up to going, and going to games. You've got to drive to San Francisco now. Leave today. Probably fly, but. Drive. Drive. Ooh. You can leave right now. You can make it. By the How way, long the, would that take? It'd take a long time. It'd take a long time. The cost for these championship games on pace to be the most expensive conference championship games in the history of the NFL. Currently, the NFC championship game... Okay, just guessed. Trivia time. What is the... And this is according to uh, Tick IQ. What's the average NFC conference uh, 
championship game price. Oh, not not man. not like the cheapest, but like the average. I'm gonna go five twenty-five. dollars. That's the average. Average. AFC championship. What's the lowest? <laughs> AFC championship game has an average list price of two thousand one hundred ninety-nine dollars. It's the only two games, if this continues, conference championship games in the history of the NFL to have an average price of more than two thousand dollars. Who's out there affording that? Exactly. Good grief. Previously, the most expensive conference championship game was last year's Eagles 49ers game in Philadelphia, which had an average price of $1,822. I did see that the Lions, like the, because they're, they've been sold out at home all year. They've done this great thing where they've gone to a bunch of road games and they've kind of took, taken over those stadiums. The average price for last week's divisional game at Ford Field was like $701, which was absurd. Yeah. And the cheapest get in price was like $492 or something. But this is, I can't imagine that this is going to hold. But who knows? Maybe it does. I mean, the San Fran one probably will, just because you have so much money out there. I guess. I mean, $2,000 for a Californian is like, what, 200 to us? Yeah. It is. It's insane. I had a buddy who... Or, did I say that backwards? I think I said that backwards. It's okay. I think people go where you're coming from. <laughs> I had a buddy who has worked for a big company from, from college, and he's like, he's lived in a bunch of different cities. He's now in Atlanta, but he was in Atlanta, he was in Dallas, and then he went to like LA. And like the, you know, he's talking about like yeah, they have this 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 pretty big house in Dallas and he was like this is what I pay for it and he was like this is what we can get for the same amount of money in LA and it's like it's like the Big X Studios basically, like <laughs> half the Big X Studios. Like he was like it's just he's like the, the weather's great, it's awesome, but like you yeah. can't afford anything no. out there. It's it, like unless you're making 500k, you can't live like a normal lifestyle. It's a it's just it's a different world for sure. Um, well, I feel like I was going to say something now. I've, I've completely lost my train of thought. That's okay. Texture says, tan everywhere, Jan everywhere, classic Gil. Yeah. What was it? It's an office quote. Mm. That's big, why I don't get it. Not a big office guy? Never seen it. I feel like you would like The Office. I've seen, now I liked Parks and Rec, so I'm sure I would like oh, yeah. The well, Office. Oh yeah, like Parks and Rec, then you'd like But how many, how many seasons are there? Um, I think... What, like 11? See, that's why I can't do it. It's just so intimidating to me. I, th- I think it's, it, may, it may be less than that. But it, it, whatever it is, is a lot. It's it, Season one is like, so it's, um, let's see. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it, 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 it's, it's what, 14 seasons. Jeez. Season one's only like five episodes. Cause okay. They, they, I could they do weren't that sure it was going to, to last. They had just a couple, of, and then it ended up getting picked up for like a, a full run for season two. But, yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it, it's a, it's a hefty commitment. I, I did go back. I had never watched it from start to finish since it like aired live because I started watching it live when it like back in back when people used to watch TV like the the 2005 time. I, I started watching it on a week to week basis and kind of lost track and then caught up as I got older. And I never had watched it from start to finish sitting down and, and fun, did it with my wife a couple years ago and she really enjoyed. it. Now is that the way to do it? Probably. It's not like because it's on TV all the time and I I want to like flip it on, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to get into an episode where I don't really know what's going on. It's yeah, I mean, because some of the stuff is is evergreen, where like you don't really have to know the, the plot, but it, it does build upon itself more than some com. You know, some comedies every episode is a standalone episode where yeah. it's just like it's a different plot, and like you're not you're not really moving the pushing the narrative forward. The Office does build on itself a lot over time, so it's not like it's not a typical comedy. If we get another COVID, maybe I'll delve into it. <laughs> God, please don't. <laughs> Texture says, uh, "I'm just here for the listener of the year award." Heyo. You've had some good texts. I can't read them, but they've, they've been good texts. <laughs> this is, yeah. 
there is a stark contrast between you and, and, and TK as far as like TK would talk about staying up till 5 a.m. and you talk yeah. about how like you you're watching like charming shows about like autism and love on the spectrum, and then you're going to sleep by nine p.m. Nine p.m. Sharp. It's very different. It's it's a jarring contrast. Yeah, for it's, sure. Uh, Texas says when I see Mike still not posting his basketball bets on Twitter, I frown a little bit because I asked nicely. I I, I I will post some bets on Twitter tonight. I will do it. Texas, I'm running in the rain because I'm a high school teacher suffering. That's the guy who wanted you to hype him up. He was running, and you're like, "Why are you I, running in the rain?" That still doesn't answer why he's running in the rain. He's he's a high school he's a high school science teacher, English teacher. That's what teaching high school makes you want to do: run out in the rain. Talk to kids these days. <laughs> Damn right it does. <laughs> Anything's better than dealing with them. Let me go jog in the rain. Kidding me? We had school registration for for next year, and we are like we're now getting to the point. It, it does suck because like, does that mean you made a decision? Well. Next year she's staying at like the the, oh. the preschool, but she like Virginia will do like pre K, so she's gonna go from you know she's only there Monday through Wednesday now to like she'll be there like more of like it's, it'll be like kindergarten where she's there like nine to two every day like five days a week and it's gonna feel like real school which I'm still just not not ready for because she's like me where she just doesn't like school like she she's fine she's got friends she does well yeah, have you told her about bills and being an adult I know but I I hated school <laughs> growing up we did get a better I'd kill for school right now and I know you would too. I, I wouldn't. Honestly, you wouldn't go back to school. I hated school. <laughs> I like we're very much the same in terms of like she just wants to do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like I hated being like like I've got to like I would have the time I would just like read stuff out of the book that we weren't supposed to be reading like in class. Like I, I just I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't I wasn't a big fan. Um, but we got our our her teacher gave us an update. And the last time I think I read the full update on the show because it was like. <laughs> She likes to make threats when she doesn't get her way, as in, like, uh, I will leave this classroom today. And it's, the, the most recent update was, like, she's gotten better at handling her outbursts. I'm like, well, we're making progress. We're not, <laughs> we're, we're not making threats in class anymore. So that's pretty good. Uh, speaking of outlandish costs and, and high charge, did you see last night the, the guy who made the 90-foot putt? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised we're just now bringing that up. For yeah, the, that was awesome. First of all, the best part of the on the 94 broad, feet, right? 94 feet, you're yeah. right. For the, the, the 15-year-old Pappy Van Winkle. The best part was Reese Davis having to talk about it and very clearly having no idea what Pappy Van Winkle is. What? Because, yeah, he, he's talking about, I mean, you forget, like, you know, outside of this area, bourbon is, you know, bourbon's huge here. Like, we, like, like, I'm not a big bourbon guy, but I still, like, know all the names because people yeah. are talking about it so constantly. It's not the same other parts of the country. And, you know, if you haven't ever been around bourbon talk, like, why would, like, you hear the name Pappy Van Winkle. It's a funny name. Like, yeah. And so Reese Davis, you can see him, like, kind of say it. He's like, he's like a bottle of, Pappy Van Winkle, which I'm told is an expensive bottle, but the uh, the Doodoo one U of L, so everyone at U of L apparently knew he went nuts. He also was like a, a I think a pretty wealthy person. He's got like a, I, I'm not familiar with the brand like a Hermes belt, which is apparently like 900 bucks, and he's wearing and people are like this dude doesn't need the bottle. Of course he's winning it. Like for for him, I'm sure it was more about the experience. Like if I'm knocking down a nine, like if there's no prize and I'm making a 94 foot putt, I'm yeah, going nuts. Like I, sure. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm showing out. Like I'm probably taking my clothes off and throwing them up in the crowd. I'm going, if it's for like a wristband, I'm like, cool. I just made a 94 foot putt. It's more about the accomplishment. Would you rather hit that 94 foot putt or get a chance at a half court shot and drain it? Nothing but net. Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like back in the day, I, I play so little basketball now. I feel like back in the day, I would have had a good shot at making the half court. I feel like I could have knocked down the half court shot. Now I probably have a better chance of making the putt. I just don't know. I've never, I mean, I've never putted on like a, a hard yeah. surface like that. I don't. Yeah, your mic's off. I think. Um, you're, you're, there you go. There you go. That was better. 
I don't know. I, I would love to have. I would love to do the ninety-four foot putt with like one practice stroke, just to, like see, like you know, yeah, make I sure mean, I'm lined up properly. Well, you gotta, and you have to get a feel for how the floor goes as yeah. well. Because I mean, none of us have ever putted on hardwood. Kidding me? I know. Nick Roush made it to basically made a ninety-four foot putt in that golf scramble we played. That's true. That was a, that was a <laughs> yeah. bomb. I forgot about that. Yeah. Texas said, oh, Chris Palmer says, by the way, Mike, you see my boy Trump wrap up that Iowa primary last night. We're going to make America great again, Mike. I believe that was New Hampshire last night, but he did win. Resounding victory over Nikki Haley. Joe Biden won on the Democratic side despite not being on the ballot. He won the, the, the write-in campaign. I mean, it's over, right? Like, it's, it's been over for like five months. Yeah. Um, Trump, who called uh, Nikki Haley when he was referring to Nancy Pelosi a couple weeks ago. It's just all. We, we just have two old guys that just don't make any sense constantly. And that's going to be the election for why, the next eight months. Why is this okay, though? That's, it's I, not okay. Like It's, it's absolutely the, not the okay. The people, I mean, I, I'm not big into politics. You know that. I've discussed that. And I don't really like talking politics. But it seems like nobody's going to be happy with the two nominations. So They aren't. Do people not have the power in this country? Like, what's going on? Why Why can they, like, why is this happening? It's a fantastic question. I, I, I do feel like whoever, I feel like, if the Democrats had somebody who was overly likable, he would defeat Trump handily. If the or she would defeat Trump handily. If the Republicans basically ran anybody but Trump, who was like a normal human being, not Ron DeSantis, I think they would probably beat Biden fairly handily. And then both sides are just like, no, let's run it back. Let's do this again. This was great. Mm. I just, yeah. I just, we need some superstars in politics. I, we don't have good politicians because all the normal people are just doing normal bleep. Like, everyone's like, I don't want this. Who, who you were thinking? Like The Rock? The Rock would kill it as president. I'd probably vote for The Rock. I at promise this point. I would I'd pro- vote for I The Rock. I probably would. The thing is, like, you know, that was brought up like eight to ten years ago, and I'm sure I was like, come on, guys, we haven't fallen that far. And like, after, the, after like the last decade, I'm like, you know, I, I could probably vote for The Rock. Yeah. I think he could do some good things. Get Oprah as his VP. He'll he, win, no problem. He comes off as very likable. Yeah. I think he seems like an intelligent. I read his biography back in the day when it was like, when he was, he had a biography out when he was like 28 years old. <laughs> Looking back on it, I'd probably vote for The Rock. <laughs> Texas says even Kenny Payne's suits suck. No reason to take a shot at Kenny Payne's No suit. kidding. I don't know why. So this is the second time he's done it. Like the whole staff does the, we're, we're like a jump, a sweatsuit mm-hmm. coaching staff. Like Kenny Payne wears the, the Star Trek vest and everybody else wears like the little pullovers. But for the two biggest games we've had at home this year, the Kentucky game and this game, we've gone, everyone's worn suits without ties. It makes it more embarrassing that it's obviously pre-planned, and we're like, you know, because Patino and all these other coaches, he would make the coaches wear suits, but it was it was very clear that like he was going to do his own thing, and he didn't care what you were doing so long as you wore a suit. I think Mac was the same way. People used to get mad at, at Luke Murray would wear like a blue suit jacket sometimes, and we're like, we don't do blue here and all this stuff. But it was like it was very clear that there, this wasn't like a, it wasn't like baseball the night before. We're like, all right, we're wearing green tops, white bottoms tomorrow. Like here, here's your dress code assignment, and we very clearly do do it now. And it's it's almost more embarrassing because we go out there and we just get our asses kicked every game, and it's like, can we just not like? Who cares what you're wearing? Like, stop. We, we don't need to be in, in in sync here. But the fact that they like highlighted these two games is we're gonna wear suits without ties, and then we lose one by nineteen and one by fourteen. It's like just maybe just everybody wear what they want. I wish they had to wear the jerseys like baseball. It would be funny. <laughs> it's still not as good as football. Full pads. Like Dusty Baker would wear wristbands and like all that stuff <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Hockey would be good too. I would love to see Bill Belichick just rocking pads, <laughs> just fully suited up, yelling at somebody through through a helmet. Texture says, uh, "What's up with one of these commercials? Is there one for Baby Billy and the Righteous Gemstones?" No. I believe that's in reference to the Sweetheart Dance commercial. 
Hmm. That's Scoots' favorite. Scoots was belting oh, yeah. it out. Love that commercial. Yeah. Texture says, if we're encouraged by a 169 offensive ranking, that's really sad. The improvement with this team is 90% from fairly talented players getting experience versus D1 competition. I give KP credit with BHH's development, and this has been looking better in their half-court offense. Other than that, it's hard to see anything positive that this coaching staff has done. I agree with all that. I mean, I mean when I say, like, again, like when I say the offense is better, it's a very relative thing. The defense is abysmal. The offense is still really bad, but it's it certainly has gotten better. Better. Texas, the office is only nine seasons. I, I looked it up. I thought it said 14. I, I thought that seemed too many, but on the uh, on the Google. Nine's a little more manageable. You could do nine. I, I was guessing that it was eight. But yeah, it looks like, I don't know what, what this list is saying. So on IMDb, it says it ran from 05 to 2013. So that would be that would be eight seasons. Eight seasons you can do. Now, so nine seasons is, is what it says. Um, I mean, what is it, eight or nine? It's nine. Nine is the, is the official count. I can't do nine. Now, some of the seasons are like 23 episodes. but What? Again, they're like, we're talking like 25-minute episodes. Because you get commercials back in the day, 30-minute show. You're fine. I mean, just make it to, make it to when they have the wedding. Which oh, is the spoiler. beginning of like season six. Thanks for spoiling it. I mean, come on. What do you want me to say? Nick and TJ are big office guys too. So I, I enjoy they, the they've, they've tried to get me to watch it for years. I felt like the I felt like I was ahead of the curve with the office. Like when it first, because my buddy, uh, a friend of mine, we both, I was like the first semester I was back at, I was at Bellarmine after transferring in from Dayton. And a buddy of mine was at like JCC because he basically failed out of UK. So he was only home for that semester and then he's going to go back to UK. And he was like, dude, he's like, you've got to watch the show on NBC, like the office. And so I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll check it out. And so he would come over when we were free, and we would watch the episodes from the first season on like DVR TiVo back in the day. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this show's incredible. And like the second season started shortly after that, and it was like, I was like, okay, this is great. So I was very much watching every Thursday night when it was on. And uh, you know, it's you don't do that with shows anymore. There's no, at least for me, like there's no like, hey, Wednesday at nine, I'm locked into this show. It's yeah. just it's it's you know, you're watching it on streaming. That's Survivor for me. So you're still Survivor guy. Oh yeah. I watched, I've, like, I've watched every episode. I watched like one season of Survivor in full. I think it was when I was in high school. It was the one that had Elizabeth Hasselbeck on. I had a big crush on her back in the day um, when she was on the show. Hmm. And I don't really remember. I watched like one season of that and one season of Big Brother. I can see why people get into those shows, though. Big Brother, I would watch more if there wasn't three freaking episodes a week. Like that's such is that a, what it is? That's such a commitment. Yeah, I think it's like Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Just too much. Yeah. Texture says, uh, yeah, text line is kind of, is a... Uh, Messing up today. I can't I keep track of these texts. Uh-oh. Yeah, someone said they're both. This is classic MAGA text. Huge fan, but didn't even try to get the state right. Well, it's, you know, comes to terror. Who, who cares? Like, you know, we, we, <laughs> details don't matter on the show. We're fine. It, it's okay. Five o'clock hours on the way next. We will talk uh, more basketball. We'll get the official football schedule released. Hopefully, what we told you is the right schedule. We'll take some more texts from you guys. We'll look ahead to the night that will be in sports. We'll do all of it coming up in hour number three. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Wednesday on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. I figured this one was going to be on there. 
you're doing rain songs. I feel like this was uh, this was a. I, a I couldn't leave that out. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Five o'clock hour here, the Mike Rutherford Show on a rainy Wednesday here in Louisville, Kentucky, as we react to the cards falling once again in men's basketball to Duke, eighty-three to sixty-nine. We also now I, I teased it. I didn't tease. It, I just gave you the full schedule earlier in the show, but. UofL has officially announced uh, as of 5 o'clock its 2024 football schedule. It's the same we gave out. Drum roll, we were right. <laughs> I was, I, there was a part of me that was like, what if they did just like leak this to be like, we we got him. was hoping for a little drama. He told the people that SMU was October 5th that it's actually November 16th. Uh, he's, he's wrong. But we gave you the schedule already. We can repeat it real quickly since it's now official. August 31st at home versus Austin P. Basically, we have every game that I'm going to tell you is going to be a Saturday game. Besides the Boston College game, which is a Friday night. So no Thursday night games this year. That's very rare. Every other game is going to be on Saturday. Austin P. August 31st at home. Jacksonville State, September 7th at home. A bye week early on in week three. Then at home against Georgia Tech to open ACC play on September 21st. The Cards will then wrap up September on the road against Notre Dame. That's Saturday, September 28th. They'll come back home uh, for another ACC game against SMU on October 5th. October 12th, they're on the road taking on Virginia. October 19th, they're back at home for what should be a big-time game against a maybe still nationally ranked Miami team. Then there is that Friday night game on October 25th on the road taking on uh, Boston College. They'll start November on the road on November 2nd at Clemson. That's also Breeders' Cup Day. The last time we played Clemson on the same day as Breeders' Cup, uh, we did lose by 61 I feel good about our chances of keeping this game within 61 points this year. But that is a it's a repeat of, I think, the, the 2018 disaster season. It's November 9th, the second bye week for the Cards. Then they'll start their final three-game stretch of the season on November 16th on the road, taking on Stanford. November 23rd, they're at home against Pitt. And they will wrap the regular season November 30th at Kentucky. Uh, I'll repeat what I said earlier. Two things kind of stand out to me here. One... I don't like the placement of the Clemson game. It comes at the tail end of a stretch where you've played seven straight games, and it's also the only two weeks in a row where you're playing back-to-back road games. Uh, they do get an extra day of rest because they play the previous week Friday at Boston College, but that's it's a tough setup for the Clemson game. And also the only other thing that I really don't like is they will go over a month between home games. They'll play Miami at home on October 19th and then won't be back at LNN Stadium until they play Pitt on November 13, uh, November 23rd. So over a month between home games and like October 19th, you're talking about the middle of the season, that's your second-to-last home game. So I know we had an eight-game home slates this past year, so it's kind of hard to complain about that. But How many is there this year? Six. It's, six? it's okay. standard six-six uh, six split, which we also, you know, we had the weird thing last year where we played two games that were technically neutral site games, Indianap- mm. Indianapolis for Indiana and then Atlanta for Georgia Tech, which is, you know, Kind of road. Neither of those are neutral. Yeah, and, you, know, you, you get a weird thing, and then now with a with IU dropping out, we get two home games these next two years, as opposed to having to go on the road next season and play in Bloomington. We get Jacksonville State as the replacement this year, and then who's the one next year? Was it? Do we get uh, is it James Madison again? I can't remember who we get. I think it was whoever it is is another group of five opponent. Well, they're going down. Hopefully, they lost their coach. That's right. He's, he's they're, now. They're he's not going to be very good. The Signetti uh, era is starting in Indiana this year. But that is your Louisville football schedule for 2024. Plan your falls accordingly. When I look at, I, I know right now we're doing the whole gloom and doom. This is a tough time to be a Louisville sports fan right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like 
looking ahead to what's going to happen in football or other sports. But for right now, at this exact snapshot, it's tough. Men's basketball is not, say not very good. We're terrible. <laughs> the fan base is still fighting about what the, the the best course of action is moving forward. I think we all think at this point, most of us think at this point, that Kenny Payne's going to get the rest of this year. It certainly seems like it. And we're going to struggle through it. And then, you know, we've, we've still got like seven or eight weeks left of this. Women's team is, you know, they're good, but maybe not a realistic national title threat, which is kind of what the expectation is for that program at this point. I think they're still going to get better. I think there's still some gelling to happen. They're going to be fun to follow, but it's not like we're you know, number five and, and talking about, hey, how do we match up with, with LSU and, and UConn and, and these other teams? It's it's a little bit of a step backwards. Baseball doesn't have the same hype as, as they typically do. Having said, and the weather sucks. Like, like, this is the worst time of the year for weather in the Ohio Valley. We, we had a bunch of cold last week. It's gloomy. This, we haven't seen the sun in a couple of weeks. It's very rainy. And we still got probably five or six more weeks of this. So this it sucks right now. I think 2024 still, when we look back at it, the positives of the year are going to outweigh the negatives. I think things are going to start getting very fun for us in two months. I think that you will, I think the women's team could make a run. I could easily see this being a Sweet 16 Elite Eight team, and that'll be fun to get behind. I think baseball, despite the lack of hype, I think baseball is going to be better than people. I think Dan McDonald thrives in this situation. Nobody has him in the preseason top 25. I think he likes being back on the outside looking in. I loved when we had him on the show a month ago, and he was talking about, like, look, I'm not afraid to change. I'm not one of these coaches that just says, I've done things, I've been successful. We realized last year we screwed up by not getting players in the transfer portal. We had to do that. We've gone out. We've gotten guys in the transfer portal. We love our roster. I think they're going to be a fun team to follow throughout the spring. We're also going to have I mean, spring football. There's going to be heightened interest because not only do you have a team that's supposed to be good, but – we don't know a lot about these guys that we're bringing in. It's like a basketball season when we used to have exhibition games and red-white scrimmages where we had a bunch of newcomers. There's added intrigue when you don't really know what you have with a lot of these guys. We The quarterback position, I want to go out and see Tyler Shuck yeah. in practice or in the spring game. I want to see Pierce Clarks and how much he's gotten better. It's going to be really fun and really interesting to follow football during the spring. And on top of that, there's a very strong chance that you're going to have a coaching search. And when that new coach comes in, I think one of the things that Josh heard and the powers that be will stress to him is we we want you to be visible. We want you to be out there. Like like part of the reason why the Kenny Payne era has been such a disappointment to the fan base and part of the reason why people have been so upset is just the total lack of communication every step of the way. And so I think that you'll have a coach who not, not only comes in and gets the fan base going because he's just he's somebody new, but you'll have a coach who comes in and probably does radio shows, who probably does go out there and do some public events. And he probably is going to give like a impassioned speech or two to try to fire people up. And then we'll have, you know, the transfer portal talk. What player are we going to get? I think we, you know we're so desperate for a change. We'll talk ourselves into whatever's happening. We'll get excited about that. Like yeah. you, you could go out there and, and you could get a guy who's averaged five points per game at Kansas State, and we'll be like, you know, the highlight film looks pretty good. Like, we're, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people have been doing that for the last couple of years anyway. But we'll have reason to get excited about stuff like that. So like all that's going to happen. You're going to have a summer where I think Louisville football is going to have a lot of hype. People are going to be talking about this team as a top 25 team. Can they win the ACC again? Fall sports should be, I mean, football should be fun. It, it should be a blast. Volleyball, you know, we've had so much yeah. fun jumping on that bandwagon. They've brought back their, they're bringing back their th- the, the core players of a team that was a set away from going back to the Final Four. They, they should be able to make a good run at winning a national title. I would expect women's basketball to be better next year. I would expect soccer is going to be a lot of fun to follow. Like, there are reasons to get excited for the rest of the year in Cardinal sports. 
But right now, it sucks. Yeah. We just have to push through it. Do whatever you have to do to get through these next seven weeks, and then I think some fun things are really going to start happening for this program. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. That's the end of college basketball. You can do anything for seven weeks. You can do it. You, you could do anything for seven weeks. Just count down the days. It's fine. Find a hobby. Find a cool video game. Teach yourself some new skill. And then by the time you've mastered it, boom. We're talking about a new coach. We're talking about new players. We're talking about baseball. We're talking about spring football. We're talking about all this fun stuff. Hop on the Lions bandwagon for a few weeks. Hopefully we have like three weeks left. I mean, come on. God, if, if you know how hard it's been for me to just not like just derail the show every day with Lions talk. If we win on Sunday and we've got two weeks to go to the Super Bowl and Louisville's like, it's like, you want me to preview Louisville Boston College or do you want me to talk about the Lions playing in their first Super Bowl? What's what's the name of the show again? Mike Rutherford. Oh show. yeah, it's the Mike Rutherford show. I so Mike can Rutherford do whatever I want. can talk about whatever he wants. I can, and I you know sometimes I you're just loyal. I, I am. Who who are we discussing that was loyal? Uh, Gelati. You're Ashton like Gelati. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Ashton Gelati exactly. of local radio. Absolutely. So people have been saying that for years. I mean, that's <laughs> you, look. You're not a Lions fan deep into your 30s if you not if you aren't loyal. <laughs> there are so God, the, the honk every, every day every day every day right at this time too. I always I always <laughs> feel like a. Uh, Rob Regal in in uh, in uh, uh, the the first um, oh god what's the movie where they go to Vegas and they Hangover lose? Hangover shut like, that car shut up. that baby up <laughs> that's how I feel every single day when the parents are just like yelling at their kids and honking the horn at everybody in the face have some respect for the radio show that's on here for God's sake <laughs> I mean we got the window open it's not like they can't see us the only like the, maybe it's purpose on I may I, I have been a part of of other people's radio blow ups. For like, not just like you know when I, when I get mad about Louisville basketball and stuff on the air, but like, yeah, I used to do shows with Matt Jones. I did shows with John Ramsey. These are people who like would fly off the handle a little bit if things weren't going well. The only time that I've gotten really really upset here was this is all it was like a, a month and a half ago. Maybe people were listening, but it was it was on the heels of like one of the worst basketball games we played. So I'm already in a bad mood, and people were people were, were saying things about like you know me. It was kind of driving me crazy. And nobody else was here at the station. And somebody kept calling that phone out there that just kept <laughs> the loudest ringing of all time. And I could not focus at all. And I was already so pissed. And I was like, I'm about to lose it. I was like, I was like if that phone rings again, I'm literally going to rip it out of the wall and throw it against the other wall. It was the first time where I was like, I'm about to have an absolute meltdown here on air. Besides that, I feel like I'm pretty even. Cute. Just somebody trying to call and give a donation and you're pissed at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually yeah, I mean, I, I'm not the person who's like yelling at it. it producers or you know yelling at whoever which i have seen happen many times but oh yeah that was the first time when I've, I was like, I've dealt with it have you of time. oh yeah, yeah. I, I did a radio show with jim coyle which oh, god you don't know but yeah yeah okay. it was it was test <laughs> testy from time to time uh 502-414-1450 the thornton sex line we've talked about the duke game if you missed the beginning of the show where we talked about last night's duke game you probably can just like if you like it was like an ai mike rutherford chatbot you could probably just type that in, and it's going to produce something close to what we said about the game. We talked about Zampane not starting, but actually playing. I mean, you missed the final score by one for crying I missed out the loud. final score by one. Uh, we, we did not win the second half, unfortunately, last night. But we did, in John Shire's words, make things interesting, which is our new that, that's our new tagline. Yep. Louisville basketball, we make games interesting, <laughs> which we do, for better or for worse. Uh, but it was... I mean, how much do you really take away from a game that you're supposed to lose by 14 and that you actually go out there and you lose by 14? It was it was business as usual. I mean, maybe the most impressive thing they've done all season, nailing the spread. They, you know, we played some good offense, we played hard for long stretches, and then we sucked defensively. Like that, was, that was it. It was no better, no worse 
than what anybody should have expected from this team last night. And at some point, like that conversation just it has to end. Like like you can't just do the whole like they're they're playing hard. They're coming close. They made Duke take a panicky timeout in the second half when they scored five straight points. It's like cool, but that's it's it's just not enough. And I think Kenny Payne got the question about what do you need to do to get over the hump. Like it's cool that you're putting the some fear into these really good teams that you're playing. What do you have to do to get over the hump? And he basically was like, "We just need to tighten some stuff up." And I'm like, "Come on, man!" Like, like, yeah, Mike. Here we are at five sixteen. This is the first time we've brought up the post game press conference, which is good. So there must not have been anything crazy. That's the biggest win of the night. Yeah. It, in terms of like, like, Kenny Payne covered the press conference spread. Basically, the, the team may have just pushed. <laughs> Kenny Payne covered the press conference spread. His exact answer on what they have to do to get over that hump is: we got to tighten up. We don't have a team that two guys can put us on our back, or one guy can get six straight rebounds. We have to do it collectively. Okay. There you go. That's just that simple. There also wasn't anything like egregious last night that took place. There wasn't like Kenny Payne just ref- making a bizarre substitution or like a, a atrocious coaching decision or just not calling timeout when we've given up 25 straight points or something like that. So in that way also, it was kind of a win. Yeah. We are taking steps forward. It's just very... Well, and there's at least... And this, I didn't see this early in the season, but there's at least communication now between players and coaches. When they're when somebody comes off the floor, there's at least they're at least having that discussion. Like, hey, this is what you could have done better. I, I don't I don't remember seeing a whole lot of that in the beginning portion of the season. I agree with you, and it's fine if we're having this exchange on November twelfth, twenty twenty two, because that's the stuff that you want to see get cleaned up at the very beginning of a new coaching tenure. Those are the the initial hurdles that you have to clear. To be talking about it more than halfway through year two, it's not a check in his corner. Yeah. Like, like these are like we are so far behind schedule. If you're if you're doing like this is like a, a a home remodel where we just knocked out all the walls right before we got started, and it's like you know we've put up part of one wall in the kitchen. It's like yeah, you were supposed to have that done two years ago. Like they, 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 we've got a whole house that we still have to get going. Oh, we like the open concept better. We're losing money every <laughs> single day on this thing. The, the, the buyers are furious. They're about to pull out of the deal. What are we doing here? We just have been sitting on our asses for the last uh, sixteen months. Basically, we're just like we're, we're just using the nail gun. We're playing around with the nail gun constantly. <laughs> Nobody's actually doing any work. They are fun. Well, we, we we had to get some more high character employees in here to work on this house, and and they're doing a little bit of a better job. But we're still way way behind deadline. And our budget is ridiculous. And now we may need a new foreman here. I don't, I don't know. It, this whole thing just seems ridiculous. The cards do fall to one and seven last night. They now are alone in last place in the ACC, six and thirteen, which is also the worst record in the conference. One of just three teams in the ACC that has a losing record. Would you care to guess who the other two are? Uh, Pittsburgh. Question. Pittsburgh. No, they're no. they are a mighty twelve and seven right now. It's got to be Boston College. No, Boston College what? is eleven and eight. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is twelve and seven. What? The correct answer is Georgia Tech is nine and ten. Oh, that that should have been easy. Notre Dame is seven oh, and eleven. Oh, duh. Notre Dame is the should be the giveaway. We've been talking about football. I forgot they were in the ACC. That's they, your fault. <laughs> they they are. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. We'll take a few texts here. Uh, going on now, number two or hour number three. Good lord. Texture says, uh, I think the only way KP gets a Year three is if he uses all of his NIL money to quote free Big T. Big I, don't even, T. I don't even know who Big T is. I don't know what that question. Oh no, now I do. <laughs> now, now I do. God, a couple have gotten me the last two yeah. days too. 
Like, Getting clever. Come on, guys. Texas, will you ever tell us who was lined up to be the interim coach? If that person's okay with it, then yes. Probably not anytime soon, but yeah. Like, I do look forward to, when I see all these coaches that are just getting old and just saying whatever's on their mind constantly, there's a part of me that is looking forward to being just like an old dude who's like, hey, this, I can tell the story about... I can tell a story about when I found out about the Katina Powell stuff and how it was some of the things that were said behind the scenes. I'll start spilling that to you. Like, there are some things that I just can't talk about. And hopefully 35 years from now, I just won't care. And I'll be like, yeah. I can't I, wait for the unfiltered Mike Rutherford podcast. There's some good stuff out there. Yeah. there there's some good Patino stories. There's some good um, what was going on with the Jeff Brom stuff. Did at least fill Mary in on it? Oh, yeah. Okay. She knows most things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, sometimes I don't tell her because she just, like, doesn't care. Right. So, but she knows most things. Texture says, FDT. Okay. Texture says, uh, season one of The Office is only five, six, six episodes. I thought it was five, but six sounds right. Texture You're not very good on your Office trivia. I'm not. Right? You're, you're messing up everything today. I, yeah, kind of. I mean, I, lo- I looked it up. I, I initially thought it was eight or nine You seasons. believed what you saw on the internet. I really did. That, that, it's my fault. Texture says, I've heard there's buzz floating around Scott Drew over the last couple of days, but no one seems to know about what the buzz actually is. Is there anything you can say on air about the situation? All I can say is I've heard the same buzz. And it's not, like, this is not coming from a high-level source or somebody at UofL saying, but it's just, I'm seeing the same secondhand information from people who are out there saying that, like, Louisville and Scott Drew, there's, there's mutual interest there. Which is the same thing that we heard two years ago, to be fair. And, like, Josh did talk to, to Scott's agent and did keep the tires and I think maybe had a conversation with Drew directly and it very quickly got shot down and it was just not going to work and they moved on. But people are saying his agent's reaching out, his agent's saying there's a chance. Like, And maybe there is. Like, This would make more sense from a time standpoint than, than two years ago would. Baylor's taking a couple of steps back. Uh, Louisville's now out from underneath the NCAA cloud. And if you're Scott Drew... Like this is even a better time to take over Louisville. You come here like it's 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 an even. It's not as big of a rebuild as Baylor was when you took over because of the extenuating circumstances. But the on court product is worse than what Baylor was dealing with when when all that stuff went down under Dave Bliss, and you face less obstacles to build it back up. If you can build up Baylor from from where it was at that point when you took over, you should be able to build up Louisville. Keep in mind the season's not over, but I'll go out on a limb and say that if Scott Drew was brought in. He will win more games in year one than Kenny won in two. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I, I, I would I would side with you on that. I'm gonna have to delete some tweets too about Scott Drew. Things that I said in like 2000, <laughs> 2012 back in the day. I think I, I think the last time I made fun of Scott Drew was before he beat us in the the championship game of the Battle for Atlantis in I guess it was 2016. It was 2016 17 team. And they made a huge comeback. We were up like 20 in the second half, and they came back. And I was like, this dude, he made some pretty good adjustments. I'm kind of I'm in on Scott. For a while there, it was always he had all this talent. He was like a little Calipari, but less successful. He had all this talent and like could not get past the Sweet 16 or could not get past the Elite Eight. And how's he getting these guys and all this stuff? And he's, he's definitely reshaped his image by building programs with long-tenured college players and tough-nosed defense and having a system that just works. And they've been consistently good for a while now. Would he be option one? For me, I think so. If we're talking realistic options, I'm throwing out like Jay Wright's not a realistic option, yeah. um, like Billy Donovan's not a realistic, like, like all the names that you think about, like you know, um, Tom Izzo leaving Michigan State, like, like stuff like that. No, you'd want Scott Drew over Tom Izzo, though, right? I think I probably would. Yeah. I mean, Izzo's done. He's he's over. 
the only thing that I have an issue. So if you're talking about a guy like Scott Drew compared to a guy like Jerome Tang is out there, is he's been talked about for like a year now yeah. as a guy who's a potential option for Louisville. Tang, from a personality standpoint, is a better fit for Louisville. Like he will come in here, he's got a little bombast to him. Like he he will do spicy interviews. He you know he had the whole thing after they beat UK where he's talking about like it doesn't matter about who played for you 90 years ago. Cool. Like you had some good teams then <laughs> we've got dudes. They didn't have as many dudes. That's why we won the game. Like people love that stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, he has the, the, the team has that, that big clap thing that they do before every game. He's got a swag to him. Like we love that here. He, he has a little bit of a Denny crumb air to him. And I, I think that his personality would be a great fit. He'd be a great fit culturally here. Scott drew is, I think he certainly is the more accomplished head coach. He probably right now is the better head coach, but culturally he's a little bit of an odd fit here. Mm-hmm. Like he's very much like the Christian conservative, which we'll play with some people for sure. Like Louisville's a diverse city. We have people from all walks of life. Nah, we're Catholic here. We, we have a big Catholic community for sure. But like he kind of fits in in Texas a little bit, in Waco, Texas. Here it's, it'll be a little bit different. He also is not. And over the top, rah rah! I'm giving crazy speeches. I'm like, he's not gonna do like the, uh, we're gonna beat Kentucky in 12 like when he gets hired or something like that, which I can see Tang doing. Like he, he's just not going to be that guy. He's very measured, very vanilla, very, very vanilla for sure. But he gets it done. Like yeah. he, he's a very good coach. So I think Drew would be the option. But I think that he wouldn't win the off season the way that I feel like Jerome Tang would. Now Drew could easily win it by just go, if you if you get hired and we feel like you're a good coach and you go out and you get a bunch of players. And assemble that roster, and we're like, damn, like we could be top twenty-five good next year. Like it doesn't matter what you say. You you can do no, you can do the Kenny Payne thing, no radio, no podcast, no whatever. And if you're going out there and landing like a top-tier roster of, of high-profile transfer portal guys, we're gonna be like, cool. Don't talk to us forever. Just go out there and win games. Yep. But if it's a, you know, if the more likely situation happens where you, you, there's some good news and we're bringing in some good players, but it's still a work in progress, you kind of want the Jerome Tang personality for next offseason. So I, I think that there are definitely. There are boxes that both guys check that the other don't, but I would lean towards Scott Drew just because I think he's more of a – he'd win here. Yeah, I feel confident saying that. Scoots, uh, just watch the first few episodes of season one. You'll likely want to keep watching, and it gets better the next few seasons. It's a great show that you don't need to binge. Okay. I, I agree with that. It's, a, it, it's kind of like a comfort show. Like, I enjoy – it's one of those shows that you just feel – even if you're watching it for the first time, it's nice to, like, watch at the end of a long day, have a couple of episodes on, and you can kind of kick back and – and just uh, enjoy the hijinks from Scranton. Well, I just needed to know if I needed to watch it in order. So you've answered some questions. I probably would. Yeah, but seems like that would be the yeah, play. But it's 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 just a it's a good show to watch in order too. Texas Scooch just shot up way up in my rankings now that I know he's a Survivor guy. Hey oh, Survivor fans unite! I love the uh, when the when the music starts for Survivor. You've you've never seen me so hype. Really? Hey, yo, yo. Yeah, I'm like singing at the top of my lungs. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I really want live cameras at you and Gil's place. <laughs> I've, I mean, I used to get that's into actually before before you go. I was, that's actually how I let him know that it's time to watch Survivor because <laughs> we we always record it and watch it after it's over. So I'll just I'll be in like the living or the kitchen, and he'll be in the living room, and I'll just hit him with like the oh, and he knows get Survivor ready. He just comes. So yep. you're you're running the show then. <laughs> yep. You're the human conch show. <laughs> I've watched, I mean, again, like I don't watch these shows, but I don't judge anybody who does. Like, I see their appeal. Like my wife's watched, she used to get really into dancing with the stars. 
And like I would watch it every now and then, like when we were date when I didn't have any options. Now I can just like get on my own computer, or go sure. upstairs or whatever. But like back in the day, I was like, okay, I've got, I kind of have to watch this. And I get the appeal of, of, of shows like that, especially Survivor, where there's a strategic element. Like I used to love watching, and I know some, I have some friends who still watch it, like the Road Rules MTV mm-hmm. Challenge, Real World, and now I think they just call it the Challenge. Like those were always fun. Yeah, you know, the, I've the, watched one of those. Survivor, the one season I watched, I liked it. The um, the one season of Big Brother that I watched was actually the one that had. The guy who's now Mr. Spectacular in, in the OVC. Oh. Jesse was, was okay. on that show. I think Dan was the guy who won. And Dan was an a-hole, but he, he knew He's, how to play He always game. rides the hoverboard, right? Isn't that the one? I don't know. I Did you know watch the wrestlers documentary? No, I haven't seen it. What? Are you I, going to? I keep saying it. I mean, Mike, you should watch it. It's really good. Is it? It's really, really good. Yeah. I feel like I've heard enough about it to know what happens, but. I mean, there's nothing like earth shattering that happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard. Don't go in with that expectation. I've heard mixed things. I, I, I've heard like, yeah, it's it's pretty good, but you don't really need to watch it. So, I yeah, I guess I can get behind that. Well, I would to, suggest it though. Way to not sell it. There, right there. <laughs> just gave me the perfect. Out. I'm, I'm suggesting, but I can't sell. it. <laughs> Texture says, I'm not sure if Tom Jurich has would have ever hired KP, but if he did, would he have given KP a second year? So, I mean, I like remember the. I don't know if you remember this because you were. Doing KRC, I don't think we we'd done shows together at this point, but it was it was early on in when I was over here, like that December there was the famous Boomba's Pizza meeting where like Tom George was in town, and like me and a couple other people went and like had dinner with him and just kind of shot the bleep and and all this stuff, and somebody who was there did ask him about Kenny Payne, he, and he, I'll just say like he gave a glowing review to Kenny Payne, he's like I like Kenny a lot, uh, he didn't go so far as to say like he'd be my choice to hire, but he was like I th- I think Kenny will do a good job. As far as whether or not he would have given him a second year, I think probably based on the I I don't know if he would have given the the contract that Kenny got. I don't know any of those specifics, but I do feel like I mean because as bad as it got for I say this, no coach ever had a, as bad of a year one when Tom Durst was here as Kenny had this year. Like Craig Thorpe had a disastrous year one; it still was six and six and. There were still excuses to be made, and he gave Craig Thorpe a full three seasons. So that's the that, that's the biggest parallel, and it's still, I think, kind of an apples to oranges conversation. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he would have hired him. I don't know if he would have given him a second year. My gut says he would have given him a second year. I think. Texas says, and we can end on uh, on this one before the break. Uh, Miami and Clemson both have bye weeks before us. That's not ideal. Ooh. That's that's not ideal. I don't like that at all. Don't like that one bit. Not great. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back. More from you guys on the Thornton's tax line. Get your text in at 502-414-1450. We'll read those, and then we'll look ahead to the night ahead in sports. Nice little college basketball slate tonight. Maybe we'll, we'll give you some big X, big bets. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Wednesday edition here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. segment here of the Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450-961, the Big X, here on a sunny, gloomy, now dark Wednesday evening. I do feel like this week is moving a little faster than last week. Last week, I mean, you know, we were dealing with some stuff, and it was it was all just kind of 
I was behind a day the entire week. On Tuesday, I thought it was Wednesday. On Wednesday, I thought it was Thursday. And, you and did. It, yeah. it, was, it was rough. Now, at least it feels like Wednesday. Because I, I, I think I so much, it was hard to wrap my mind around stuff last week. And now, like today, I was like, is it actually Tuesday? And like, now I'm relieved that it actually is, it is Wednesday. Just okay. a few, so much closer to the Lions game. Just get me to the weekend. Get me to the Lions. Let me enjoy this thing. Uh, we got good college basketball tonight. We'll make some picks coming up here at the end of the, of the half hour. But we do want to give you a chance to have your thoughts heard on the Thornton's text line. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. You got about 20 minutes to text some something good. Make sure it's spicy. Make sure it's good. Make sure it's fun. Or we're not reading it. Make it sexy. Help us enjoy this. 502-414-1450. Texture says they're doing a Survivor Deal No Deal collab where they are hiding the cases on a remote island full of contestants. I've seen the commercials for this, yeah. but I haven't really gotten what they're going Looks for. Looks awesome. Th- basically, I mean, that that nailed it. Just trying to combine Deal or No Deal and Survivor. So, that, like, you... They've got, like, cases of money. Briefcases and, hidden all around the island. Like, how does it work? Like, I don't you, know. You, 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 know. you choose, like, it, I don't know. if you want the box or not. Not sure. I still have so many questions. <laughs> I still have so many questions. Texas Survivor scoots, yes, but I wasn't impressed by American Nightmare on Netflix, just a B-minus grade. I love how me watching Survivor just boosts my ratings. It did. I was like, like what? I, I didn't know that. I mean, I guess I should know this because the show is still on TV. I didn't realize how much of a fan base Survivor still has these days. Yeah, it's huge. I, like, I remember the first time I was seeing commercials for Survivor. Like, I remember it vividly when it was like becoming a thing. And I was on vacation. It was the summer after my freshman year of high school. And I was like, you know, shows like this. Like, it's weird that all these shows are happening now. And who would have thought that you know, almost, what, 25 years later? 23, yeah. It, all, all these shows would, like, would take over. was the start of like all these shows taking over. By the way, opposite of The Office, you do not have to watch Survivor from the beginning. And I recommend you don't because those first few seasons are really hard to watch. Who was the, 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 the fat guy who won the first one? Was uh, Richard Hatch? Richard, Richard, yeah. He was always naked on the island. Always naked, yeah. yeah. I was like, how did that guy win? Yeah. Was, was one They've had some characters over the years. I'm Rupert, just, are you familiar with Rupert? I'm familiar with Rupert. He He's from Indy. I remember it was close. Mm-hmm. I always just thought, like, I remember also driving, it was before I could even drive. Like, my, my mom was driving me to school, and I heard one of the local radio stations who had the, the morning shows, they always were screaming at you. I never know. I never understood why a morning show. I was like, I don't want to be screamed at. Like, let me ease into the day. Like, just play some some soft music. You wouldn't. You wouldn't like doing a show with Roush then. Well, I listen to Roush a little bit, but usually it's at nine o'clock. So I'm he, already. He goes on a screaming fit from time to time. I'm already awake by the time I get to like the nine to eleven version of KRC. But they were talking about. I, I guess it was the first year that they were doing The Bachelor, and it was you know these people have never met each other. They get to know each other over the course of a month, and at the end, like they're gonna get married. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, nobody, like, this is all just a shameless ploy by Fox or, or ABC to just try and generate some attention with these ridiculous plots. There's no way the shelf life for this is any longer than a couple of years. And yet here we are, and it's, Still the, it's, it's the biggest things in the now world. Now we're on the Golden Bachelor. Speaking of, like, these shows, U of L tie here. So do you remember, like, the Love is Blind hysteria that happened? Because uh-huh. it came out right when the pandemic yeah, was going I on. I love Love is Blind. So we watched the first season. And, you know, I haven't watched any of the ones. I think we watched, like, the reunion or whatever, but have not watched any of the seasons since. But it's still been going on on Netflix. They're doing yeah. new seasons. In the next season, which I believe debuts on Valentine's Day coming up next month, the brother of my buddy, maybe listening right now, and former L kicker Art Carmody, is going to be on the show. His brother, Drake, wow. who's very much a character. Where is it? It's Charlotte. So, which I don't know if I'm giving anything away. Like, I, I don't know how it works, but I just know... 
he was like, I texted Art after Drake broke the news, and I was like, you didn't, I was like, how did you not tell me this? He's like, did I not say anything about this? I'm like, no, I would have remembered that you said your brother was going to be on Love is Blind. He said he shot it last year. It's all people from Charlotte, and he had a blast doing it. So I'm very excited to watch this. If I were going to do a love show of any sort, it would be Love is Blind. I feel like that would be the most true. So basically, they just talk behind a wall. I've seen the first season. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I feel like that would be... That'd be incredible. I've had two, well, one friend, one kind of like a girl that I hung out with in college briefly. Like she was on this dating show a couple of years, and it was, but it wasn't like one of like the popular dating shows. It was one of those that like just got made for. I don't, it wasn't even. It was like Peacock or like Apple, whatever mm-hmm. plus, and it was, it was, it was a. Ter- I watched like one episode. I'm like, this is this is terrible. But one of my good uh, female friends that I've been friends with for forever was on the very first season of Holiday Baking Challenge. And she was on, you know, Food Network. It was a big deal. Yeah. And so she, like, wouldn't tell us how it went. So it was, oh. it was very cool. Like every single week, being like, oh, like, is is Tara gonna make it? Is, is she gonna make it to the next round? It became this like fun Sunday tradition. And uh, she ended up, she actually made it all the way to the finals. They had three people at the end. I think she she got third place out of the in the finals. But like there were a couple times where she's in the bottom too. And I'm like, she's gone. I feel so bad for her. This is terrible. We need to text her right now. And like she got saved. And we're like, come on. It was it was just very very fun to watch. Uh, but it is, it, it, I, I get the appeal of reality shows. I just don't watch as many these days. The one thing that people make the mistake with with Love is Blind now, because I believe it was that first season. I don't, I don't remember who the couple was, but you had the couple who, when they would have disagreements, they would go back to the Love is Blind concept, and they would put a wall between themselves, and they would just talk it out that way. Oh, I don't remember that. Nobody does that anymore. Like In, in all the newest seasons, they don't do it. I mean, and that's the way. that's how you have to do it. That's how you all got to be such good communicators to start with. Maybe go back to that. Well, I, the season that I watched, like they don't see each other until the very end, right? But then they get out and they have to live with each other for like eight weeks or whatever, oh. and say if they want to stay together, right? Gotcha. I, I feel like there was just maybe like, like we didn't see as much of that when I watched. Again, I'm misremembering. COVID was a blur. Yeah, like, we watched sure. all these. Like we watched the the Tiger King one. Like we, oh yeah, the same shows everybody was watching oh, at that yeah. time. Like, I just remember them like seeing each other and like some of them. Immediately, me being like, "There's no way that's gonna work." Like, they, she's like, "Look how disappointed she is." Like, this is this is terrible. And then I guess they had like a, like I don't remember seeing a whole lot of them between the time when they saw each other and then the last episode where they're deciding whether or not they're gonna get married. Yeah, I guess they did. I feel like they did like a, like a recap or something. Hmm. But yeah, they lived together. For two a while. of those couples are still together, apparently. Yeah, they are. Texas Jim James of My Morning Jacket had a song on the first episode of the new season of True Detective. Pretty nice surprise. Good show as well. I haven't watched the. I haven't heard much buzz about the new season of True Detective. I loved the first one like everybody else. The second one, I, I didn't hate as much as I th- think a lot of people did, but I did not watch the the third season. And I think this is season four now. Hmm. I've heard good. I've heard really good things about the new season of Fargo, which I loved the first two seasons and I, another show that I just checked out of. There's just too many shows now. Yeah, there's for sure. shows everywhere. I forget about shows. Yeah, and once you get hooked on one, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot we still have to watch this. There's the. Uh, have you ever watched the morning show? It's on yeah. Apple Plus, so that's one I always forget about. That's an, another. I watched the first season. I really yeah. liked it. I have not seen any exactly. of, the, of, of the other seasons. Same boat. I, I really dug it, and I've, at some like it's one of those like you're like at some point I'll watch it. I'm sure, but are am I at this point? <laughs> Texture says uh, 2022 Kansas team uh, was not good defensively, and they won the national title. Were they as bad as Kentucky? Kansas, Kansas. What are we talking about? Kansas was 17th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, Kentucky is 98th, so Big I difference. don't think that's a great comparison. I mean, Kansas, I'm looking at their numbers right now. Uh, I mean, this is what Kansas allowed during its run to the national. This is what Kansas allowed in the Big 12 tournament. 63 points, 62 points, 65 points. 
NCAA tournament, 56 points, 72 points, 61, 50, 65, 69. That's pretty good defense. So I'd maybe check the math. Texter says, instead of breaking down basketball, we break down the bourbon and beyond lineup for the next seven weeks. We, we, got, <laughs> we did that the first hour. Yeah. Bourbon and beyond came up. Texas Scoot said that he can't wait for the unfiltered Mike Rutherford podcast. Personally, I can't wait for the unfiltered Kenny Klein podcast. Kenny Klein has a billion times more stories than I do. I can guarantee <laughs> yeah. that. If anybody should do a tell-all story before uh, you, you, in their retirement age, it should be Kenny Klein because, my God. Man, I just remember playing with him at the golf scramble, and he was so high on this team. He was he was saying such positive things. I think basketball is going to be a lot better. They're playing I forgot hard. you played with him. I yeah. forgot you were in the cart with him. In the cart with him. Never yeah. been more jealous. That, was, months that was wild. He's the man. I'll never forget getting a call from Spears because I, I figured they would put us together because uh. we all signed up. Me, Spears, Tony Burke, and one of their other buddies signed up together. So we thought we'd be on the same team. And then Spears calls me as I'm like 10 minutes away. Hey, we're on the driving range. And by the way, you're not playing with us. Like what? Yeah, you're in a cart with Kenny Klein. <laughs> like are you serious? The guy who runs this thing? Crazy. It's pretty crazy. I've had some good stories about Kenny Klein, too, that I like to tell. Kenny Klein's hilarious. I mean, just I mean, my, my affection for him is not manufactured on social media and stuff. Like, I think he's the coolest guy alive. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Texas, if Scott Drew comes here, we're not going to start getting players with God's NIL, are we? Maybe. You never know. I don't care how it happens. I'm just ready to start getting good players and have a coach that I feel confident in his ability to get the most out of those players. I'm ready for that era to start. Uh, but yeah, if he start do if he starts throwing out Dabo lines, then I'm gonna be a little bit upset. But he has, he doesn't do a lot of that. Texture says I'm gonna drink so much wine in Palo Alto that I'm gonna puke purple in the stands, purple and black. Nicely done. Texture says uh, something spicy, Carolina Reaper peppers <laughs> in Scoots's butt. That's from Scoots Hater. Thank you for that text. Texture says, uh, Scoots with TJ and Roush getting newborn babies left and right. Does that make you feel more left out or more wanting to get a woman so that you can have a child of your own? Well, Scoots walked out of the room, so you can't answer that question. He'll be back in here in a second. You can make that happen. We are very, if you, yeah, Roush accidentally let it slip this morning that he and his wife are expecting. We knew that TJ and his, his wife, Hannah, were expecting. So did you hear the question, Scoots? Uh, yeah, babies are not in my future. But does, does, it make, does it make you want to have a baby now? Oh, I've always wanted to have a baby. More so now that you, like, like KRC is just booming with babies? I mean, it doesn't increase my desire to want to have a baby, no. But, I mean, I've said it on here. I don't, I don't, I want, I don't want to deal with a woman. I just want the baby. No, you can, there are ways around it. You can make that happen. Did you, a single guy's tough to adopt. Well, you and Gil could adopt together. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> eh. Did you hear Scootator's text? Yeah, suck at Scootator. <laughs> Carolina Reaper Pepper in your butt. Uh, Texas, have either of you watched Reacher? Nope. Isn't that a cartoon? Reacher? Wasn't there Jack Reacher? Is that what is, is that what it's about? I've never seen it. I've heard good. I think it's an action show. I've heard good things. I missed the show Reaper back in the day on the CW. It's a great show. Never watched that. It was a great show. Simple, very good. Texas says, so Scoots loves fake wrestling and thinks a Survivor deal or no deal show is awesome, but is met on The Office? Do you love wrestling? Uh, I wouldn't. You love, love love strong. You love the. He, he was talking about the wrestler show yeah, on Netflix. That that's good. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, last or two weeks ago, whenever it was that the Rock came back, hell yeah, I love those moments because 
mean, I grew up in the Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, like that exactly. era. So anytime one of those guys comes back, hell yeah. You need to watch The Office. It's good. Plus, yeah. you'll get like 90% of pop culture references that happen. Yeah, I do. there are a lot of things that I just don't understand that I would if I watched The Offense. Because it, it's wild. You know, I watched it live and, and loved it. And then it had this renaissance when it was on Netflix. Like, like people who were, like that generation that's like 10 years younger than I am, that, that it's like late 20s, early 30s now, they fell in love with it with it like six, seven years ago. And because I kept seeing like more and more Office stuff pop up. And it definitely had a... It was the most watched on like show on streaming services for like three or four years in a row. So it, it definitely had a big time second life. The way that shows used to when we were growing up in syndication, where you may not have seen like I never saw, I barely saw Stay by the Bell when it was actually on. Yeah. But I always watched it on TBS and stuff, and and that's kind of the, it was as close as we've gotten to something like that happening. Texas, I I realize now what Kenny meant about it being all about the players. It means all about blaming the players and always their fault. Thank you, Mike, for being our daily therapist, and I really appreciate you. Thank you for that. It is all about the players. If you're a therapist, you need to get paid more. God. I mean, yeah, imagine me being a therapist and just being like, it sucks. <laughs> it might get better. I don't know. For right now, it's just going to keep. Yeah, that was my therapeutic message, message for today. It was like, it might get better. It's going to start getting better in a few months. But for right now, it just sucks. Just deal with it. That's going to be my, that, that's my message. I'd be, a, I would not be a good therapist. <laughs> I'm just, it's like he's raging again. <laughs> Why is he so mad? I know a therapist if y'all need one. Okay. Maybe. We still need to find a hypnotist. Texas is coming from someone uh, who despises 99.999% of reality TV and game shows. The only one that I find watchable is The Mole, which was formerly on ABC and now on Netflix. Mm. I've never seen that. Yeah, I, I, I was never big into that one. Just one sneaky person. I'm assuming that it's the show about, like, yeah, like somebody's secretly doing something like they're selling everybody else out texas a team that is not top 20 in defensive efficiency on ken palm has never won the national title plus bill self prides himself in defense so much that he wrote a book about defensive philosophy it's a uk fan just lying to himself to cope (laughs) the thing about like so there's a lot of numbers people will always do the thing where it's like no team is ever not ranked in this area on ken palm and won the national title you have to remember the team that winds up winning the national title gets a huge boost on Ken Palm based on the way that they play in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, a lot of times teams will go into the NCAA tournament being maybe just outside the top 20 in, in defensive efficiency or offensive efficiency. And then by the time they've run through some of the best teams in the country over the three week period, they're up to like number 11 and number four in those categories. So, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a little bit loose with these, with these rankings, but UK is, they would be a significant outlier right now at 98 in defense is just like, that's not teams can go to the final four sometimes with the right draw on the right run with that type of reigning, but they don't win national titles. It's, it's, it's never happened. Like if they went, if they won four games in the NCAA tournament, got to the final four, you might bump that adjusted efficiency ranking up to like in the sixties, but you ain't getting the top 20. And so you would be the outlier of all outliers. If you, if you won the national title, like 2014 UConn is kind of seen as like, that's the weirdest national champion of all time at least in our lifetime like that's they were insane like they don't fit like in every metric where they're like the one team that doesn't that hasn't done this and still won a national title is 2014 UConn they were bad Louisville beat them by 33 on senior day they still were 10th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency when the season ended they were 15th overall in Ken Palm but they were top 10 defensive team so you kind of you just you have to be good at defense to win national titles 
Texas says, did you or anyone uh, you know go to the NASCAR or IndyCar races at the Kentucky Speedway? I only moved to Louisville a few years ago, and I can't believe there's no races held in Kentucky for any major series. Every surrounding state has a race, if not multiple. I knew people who went. Who, yeah. That was right. a fantastic time. My I, mom's stepdad went. Yeah. I never went. We used to go to Louisville Motor Speedway back in the day. My dad was is, still is, but he was like really big into auto racing. Like we would, um, like he sponsored a, a, a car that they tried to get qualified in the Indy 500 one time. He was a big part of the Spirit of Louisville group that was trying to make this happen. But we would go to Louisville Motor Speedway and just watch um, those guys. And it was that was always fun when I was a kid. So. I never went to Kentucky Motor Speedway when they had the big NASCAR series races and the truck races, but I knew people who went and had a blast. That's the uh, one sporting event that I have not done that I want to, NASCAR race. Dude, I went to, have you been to the Indy 500 ever? No, I wouldn't be interested in that. I didn't think I would. I went for the first time a couple years ago, could not have had more fun. Hmm. Like it was, and I, I know I've said this before, like I had no idea you could just bring any food and alcohol you wanted yeah. into the place. Yeah. It was like going to Amsterdam for somebody who had to sneak stuff into Derby my entire life. It was incredible. I want to go to Bristol. Bristol would be cool. Yeah, and I also got to see Helio Castroneves like climb the the fence right in front of us when he okay. won, which was very cool. It was great. Texas Scooch watches horrendous TV shows. Jesus, <laughs> based on his watch history and algorithm, would expect him to be a fifteen year old girl. <laughs> I like the like, everyone today has been like Scooch love it, love it. And this one guy's like, this is the worst thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm more apt to agree with this texture. I was surprised that more people didn't go after you for this. Texas Kelvin Sampson guy here. I'm just saying, what's up? I'm still interested in Kevin, Kelvin Sampson, buddy. I'm, I'm right there with you. Why is nobody talking about Kelvin Sampson? Texas, I'm currently arguing with my six-year-old that he's not allowed to take all of his th- three-year-old brother's powers. Huh? The stuff the kids say. Like, we had, yeah, I mean, my daughter, she was playing, when I came up the stairs yesterday, she was playing mommy with her cousin. Like, one of them would be the mom, one of them would be the kid. And... I come upstairs and like right away I share like, but sweetheart, you know you can't do that. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like she's just she's so outrageous. I go to pick her up today in her room and she's just in her own like all the kids are playing and she's in her own world, just like singing this like length the song that she's just like making up and she's spinning and she's talking to the other parents and her teacher's like, yeah, she's she's never met a stranger, has she? I'm you like, got to get no, her into acting. We're gonna we're gonna have to like that's gonna be her thing. Like I, I always kind of I, I thought about you know when I envisioned having a daughter, I always wanted to have at least one girl. But I, I, you know, I thought about she would play soccer, be a high school player. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like she has no interest in sports whatsoever. She also is so uncoordinated. The other night we were trying not to laugh, but she like knocked over a cup of water. Two seconds later, she like she like fell. Uh, she like, tripped over a toy, and then five seconds after that, just stubbed her toe running straight into the wall. And she's like, she she goes, "Why do accidents always happen to me?" I'm like, "Cause you're your mom." Like the most common noise in our our, our house is like a thump and then like an expletive for mary like ugh! like it's bit bad she's eugene from hey arnold she kind of is <laughs> she's she just she's not very coordinated but she's you know maybe we can get her into something at some point she also has rage issues i tried to like have her hit a golf ball one time and she just like chucked the club <laughs> a bunch of times afterward i was like you kind of get it you, you you've already got it texas are there any good new streaming shows on currently especially comedies i need something to watch between bleepy basketball it seems like there haven't been any in months um, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of any comedies. I feel like I'm just playing catch up on on all these shows that I'm watching now. Um, I, I watched Welcome to Rex in the new season was very good. I enjoyed that. We fin- we've been watching just crap TV, Vanderpump Rules, which is very entertaining. That was on the other day. I thought of you. It's very entertaining. Like I I I, I was surprised that it took me this long to get into it, but I'm excited for the new season to get fired up. 
I'm trying to think of shows that I've I've heard that people have liked recently, but no, I mean, like comedies are just not not as much. I mean, mm-hmm. I, Letterkenny, if you haven't seen that, I love that. Um, but check that out. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I wish I had better options for you. Like our TV knowledge here is just not not great. I used to like th- th- three years ago would have had you covered, but mm-hmm. now I'm just I'm excited for Shrinking to come back. I was very big into that show. Texas Righteous Gemstones is the funniest series that I've ever seen. It was the second Righteous Gemstones reference today. Have you seen that? I haven't, but I've, I've only heard good things. The Billy Bible Bonkers thing. I've, I've seen clips every now and then. It's, it seems funny, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I can't, this is one of those, like, a bunch of texts got open. I can't find the one text that's out there. I don't know how to, how to I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't, now it's just like, it's driving me crazy that it's saying like one unread, unread text. Have you I, refreshed? I have. I can't find it. And I, it still says one? Yeah. We, I think Trey Ryan was back there just clicking on all that stuff. <laughs> Texas, see you in South Bend in September. I would love to go to South Bend in September. I had a blast the the last time I went, 2014. It was awesome. Uh, tonight, college basketball. We got a bunch of big games. I, I'm going to give out some bets first, okay? Before we get into the the big games, because the big games, I don't uh, I don't have a, a strong opinion on. My big bet of the night. And don't ask me why. UTSA Tulane is going over 166.5 points for tonight. 166.5. Over UTSA Tulane. The over. I like Colorado minus two and a half on the road against Washington tonight. And then they're both favorites. I'm, I'm going to play a money line parlay with Iowa State uh, at home against Kansas State. I know I'm betting against our boy Jerome Tang here. And then Nevada, I'm betting against my boy Sean Moth here, is hosting Colorado State, who's uh, number 24 in the country. I like Nevada. I think Nevada's going to win, probably cover. But the spread's gone up. I'm going to money line parlay that, put that together. Nevada, Iowa State, money line parlay. Uh, the big game tonight. This is a this is one that I'm staying away from because I don't I don't know how I feel. I, I said this earlier. I've made more money off Auburn than any team so far this year. I think they're still wildly underrated. They're number eight in the country, sixteen and two overall, five and zero in the SEC. They're alone in first right now in the conference standings. They go on the road tonight to take on their their arch rival, unranked Alabama. Bama twelve and six, four and one. The metrics still love them, but they have not produced a big time victory just yet. Despite you know number eight versus unranked. Alabama's a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Scoots, who do you like here? Well, that's telling you Vegas wants you to bet Auburn. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play into it, and I'm going to think Alabama covers that. I, I, I'm not going to bet this game. I think Bama's going to win. This is one of those where if it was like Auburn by was a one-point favorite, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to take Bama money line here. I think Bama wins the game, but I think it's probably very, very close. I'm going to say they win by, by one, two points. I'm going to say Auburn covers, Bama wins. They need to get this win because they the last time they had a chance, they got blown out by Tennessee. Uh, that's the big game. We got one more real quickly here. Uh, we'll pick the game we just mentioned. I bet the the rivalry game, Illinois on the road taking on Northwestern, number ten versus an unranked Northwestern team. Illini three and a half point favorites on the road. Who you got? Northwestern covers and wins. Well, Illinois. obviously if they cover, they win. Illinois oh. wins and covers. There you go. Uh, everyone have a fantastic Wednesday night. Big thanks to Scoots as always. We're back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Enjoy your Wednesdays. We'll talk to you then. Go Cards. Go. Uh, we noticed Tulano. she was kind of stumped. You can't read.